Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This week in the league, Jared Hayne declares he wants to be just like Darren Lockyer. Related, eels begin hunt for a fringe first grade at a neem in the face. Todd Greenberg to provide wine, loaves and fishes for the Dallium Awards show after performing his first miracle, curing Van Barber in two weeks. The milk's gone bad, the NRL is suffering an epidemic of titty injuries. Or pecs. And we preview round three of the 2013 NRL season. All that more this week in league. Welcome to episode 112 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Glenn. Okay, so, just getting into the housekeeping stuff. You don't have any little anecdotes or anything you want to tell me about your weekend? I was very busy. Did a uh, Kokoda Grunt adventure race. Oh, that's right, still, that was that weekend. Still feeling it. So what sort of obstacles were at play? Uh, lots of walls. Just like straight walls with a rope you got to get up? No, no rope. You just got oh, so to either just get, a, big get a bit of a boost or climb up the frame and in some cases, such as my own, get your fucking dislocated shoulder that's still fucked, get it caught between the two parts of the wall. As, so you, what are the, what as are the, you jump over the wall, get your arm stuck so the wall your arm stays there and you keep going. So what are the two parts? There's like two walls like butted up against each other and there's like a gap there's in the like middle. There's like a slight gap in the middle okay. and then frame holding them up either way. Yeah. And um, yeah, that was good. That was on the first obstacle of the day. But the oh, fucking yeah. hills. The hills, Nathan. And the heat. Yeah. So what obstacles? Do you have to crawl under barbed wire and, and through yeah, mud? Yeah, yeah, through mud, under barbed wire, into big mud pits down a slide, into... Yeah. Um, what else was there? I had to crawl through a swamp, two or three swamps, get up under a uh, cargo net and crawl up a hill, which you could barely fucking walk up, let alone crawl up on your hands and knees. Uh, at which point I got a cramp on the inside of my leg, and people thought when I Ray was Lewis dying. Yes. Ray Lewis looked like he was screaming in agony. But um, people thought I was dying as I tried to extract myself from out under the cargo net so I could stretch my leg out. Why were you sounding like you're moaning like a fucking wounded manatee or something? Like a West Tigers fan, yes. <laughs> West Tigers fan <laughs> watching uh, pretty much their 2013 season. Yeah, exactly. I heard that noise quite often last year. Um, yeah, very interesting experience. Very fucking hard. And uh, at the end of it, I wanted to die. But I yeah. got there and I finished. That was my right. goal, just to yeah. finish and not die. And I so achieved whole, both so, of those. So how long was it? Was 15k? You know, uh, well, they had to sh- shorten the course a little bit to, uh, as some of the recent weather had affected some of the track. Okay. And it wasn't safe, so that it was 13 kilos, 25 obstacles, and sweet Jesus, quite difficult. And how long did it take? It took me just under four hours. Four hours? Wow. Okay. The hills, I can't. I can't describe how fucking bad the hills were well you didn't need like a you, you didn't need like fucking spiky boots and fucking pickaxes and would have fucking come in handy you weren't climbing Everest were you though hills 
Right. Oh, you're going to criticise me. How you fuck <laughs> off and do it then? <laughs> Next. What did you do on the weekend, Nathan? You climbing the hills? Yeah. Sat on your ass. Many, many, many hills. Sat on your ass. I don't even remember what I did on the weekend. Achieved your goal. Just like me. Kudos to you. Had to do some work. What else do I have to do? I can't even fucking remember. Watch the Great Manly game. <laughs> Watch some shit games too, though, and we'll get to that. Fucking some bullshit games this weekend. Fucking early days yet, my friend. Oh, early the, days. The Vuvuzela action was fucking strong. Some teams peak early, other teams just warm to the task as the season goes on. There were some cripple fights out there, which we'll get to later. The fucking they barely qualified as as Toyota Cup level. <laughs> they like park fourth fourth division dudes getting drunk before they fucking get on the field. Right. Play. Anyway, um. Just a couple of tweets we got through uh, the uh, the week. Gotta love Keefe, who you know, his name his name on Twitter is still at Gotta love Keefe, but he's changed his name to Gotta love a peck injury, which is very topical. <laughs> yeah. and he said, uh, and and he's put a challenge out here that uh, you know he sort of just he just just tweeted to us, but I think it's a challenge that we need to put out to our listenership. Legendary status to the guy who gets behind Tom Waterhouse during a cross with a hash fuck off Tom sign behind him. Shouldn't be too hard. He spends a fair bit of time on TV. Uh, he does, and I fully agree. And I'm and I'm actually quite prepared to put some merch on the line to the person who can fucking achieve that task first. A lot of a lot of Tom hate out there, mate. It's gonna made be... it onto uh, the Triple M show on uh, Saturday morning. Did it about the amount of people that hate Tom? Yeah. And the and the were Dan they surprised Ganeem, or were they just like yeah? I Dan Ganeem was actually very concerned about the level of influence that Tom Waterhouse. And his uh, gambling organisation has over that telecast. And they said, well, he's you know, a panel member. He's not even like a fucking exactly, monster. Exactly, and that's gets what he said. You know, it's Tom Waterhouse is giving people, you know, his opinions on who to bet on and what yeah. to bet on. Yeah. And they're talking about horse races, and he's saying our yeah, horse race is going to pan out. Yeah. A, it's a fucking rugby league telecast. B, he's a bookie. Get the fuck out with your racing talk. Yeah, but B, he's a bookie, and it's in his interest to, to well, people to lose their bets, not that's, win. That's exactly what Ganane's point was, and I, I think it was a very valid point, is in that if you know people see him as an expert because he's on a panel on TV and go and take his word for it, yeah. um, it's his job to bet... To, and Waterhouse himself says, um, I'm going to take them on. I'm going to take, take on the punter. Yeah. That's how he looks at it. Yeah. And by the way, this is how I think it's going to pan out. Well... You know, <laughs> is he just contradicting like, what he's saying? If you're taking or is he on, playing you, into you know his own hands? If you're taking on someone in a cage, it's yeah. basically like just giving them some free punches into your face. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> just, I'll fucking yeah, I'll, I'll put both my hands behind my back and give you a free shot. Yeah, so uh, yeah. look, I'm not convinced that that's uh, exactly what I want to be. And they they brought up some other points about you know kids watching etc. I, I don't really have that big a concern. I guess at the end of the day, you got to take. You've got to be accountable for what your kids take in and how you influence them. But um, watching on Foxtel too. If, if my and kid strip all that out of it, if anyway. my kid starts listening to Tom Waterhouse's gambling tips over my gambling tips, I'll be very upset. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah. So fuck off, Tom. It's not even a hashtag that we came up with, but no. I can tell you right now that it is a serious contender already. We've had two rounds of action coming into the third round. I can tell you that. Tigers in decline is still strong, very strong. Yes. But hash fuck off Tom and hash rally towel, <laughs> massive contenders to the crown. Yes. I mean, we've never had a hashtag repeat, the, you know, over two consecutive seasons. And Tigers in decline was looking great in round one, but this Tom, this Tom Waterhouse had to come along 
and just fuck it up spoiled for everybody. Spoiled your fun. <laughs> it did spoil my fun. And, you know, maybe he might get fucked off. Maybe, I mean, I don't know, Channel 9, I mean, he paid a lot of money for the rights, so he probably has a fair bit of, like, you know, creative control on how he he's using the He ain't going anywhere, mate. But, um, gee. He ain't going anywhere. They have to... And, and again, I, I'll hark back to Dan Ganane's points, which I, I was really enjoyed listening to. Um, he said, you know, they paid a hell of a lot of money mm. for he, the broadcast rights. He paid quadruple what well, Channel 9, year, I'm yeah. talking, right? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. And they obviously had to find, you know, you can still only get X amount of dollars for a 30-second spot. Yep. And so they had to find more creative revenue streams to, to recoup their money and make money. Yep. Um, and this is obviously part of it. I'm not sure it's a good look, though. That's, it's a terrible. It's a terrible look, and I mean, I, I, I literally, I leave the room. You know, switch it down. You know, I've never actually sat through. You know, I love a punt. Some would say I'm addicted to gambling. Some people. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say, say you're addicted to gambling. I wouldn't say I was addicted. You don't punt that much. I do have that sort of addictive uh, facet to my yeah. personality, so I try and, you know, minimise uh, how much I take in. But I just, I just don't think it's a place. You know, they're mm. there to talk about rugby league. I don't want to. I don't really care who's racing the next day. Yeah. Talk about yeah. rugby league, Tom. Don't really need your need your opinions. Well, we've got some internationals, some immortals, um, and some of the the best minds in the game on the panel talking. Yeah. We don't need a skinny lesbian bookmaker. That's exactly right. Not there's anything wrong with that being a skinny lesbian bookmaker. No, skinny lesbian is my but, favorite kind of lesbian. But get off Channel Nine. Yes. And um, with, with a tie-in, though, for gambling and, and sport, there is one case that I really enjoy, and that is uh, Neil Evans. Uh, used to be uh, a sports journalist. Um, and I think he may, he may still do some sports journalism. I'm not sure. But he is actually like the, the corporate affairs, like, you know, sort of PR guy for Manly now. And so he's awesome. Well, from his Twitter account, he's tweeting stuff about Manly all the time. Like, you know, the guys, look, you know, this, did the training session look like this? And blah, blah, blah. And he's like, he just the lines of communication between, you know, like the information from the club are fantastic ever since he's got involved. But he also, like, because he's journalism background, he'll, he'll tweet out stuff about racing and stuff like that. And today he put up a today he put up a tip, uh, a horse that paid $7. So fucking legend. Do that more often. You get a real lobster on him and so, it's all good. Yeah, that's good, mate. He's, you're happy... <laughs> You're happy to cop it when it's got a Manly jersey on, but, you know. Well, well, I mean, no, Tom, Waterhouse, Tom Waterhouse, who's apparently a big Broncos fan. Um, he's strike two. Fit him well in that crowd. Strike six. Um, as most skinny lesbians are, Nathan, you know that. All right. Um, and a big hello to Aaron Tate. Um, <laughs> I just, uh, he, you know, if he put a Manly jersey on. Yeah, still hate he'd him. He'd probably still love him. You just love him. Oh, Tom, oh, Tom told me to bet on this. I better go and bet on it. Shut up, Nathan. No, you know, well, just you, shut up, if he put a Manly jersey on, it would just enable one of us people of action, i.e. Manly fans, to do something about him. To get closer with the jersey, see? Because these Broncos fans, they're not doing shit to stop him, are they? <laughs> and I'm not, imp- I'm not implying that, you know, that people should kill him. But, you know, someone's got to step up to the plate. <laughs> oh, God. We can't say stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, we've got a young and impressionable audience. <laughs> Um, now um, another we've got some really stupid people that listen to what we say Kyle don't kill Tom Waterhouse (laughs) a big hello to Kyle Um, at White Pie that's W-I-G-H-T-P-I-E Lee he sent us a tweet uh, from ye olde England and said just to let you boys know that Tyre on a Rope aka Chris Bailey scored twice today for the London Broncos against Castleford and the English Super League was subsequently wound up (laughs) Exactly. Never to be played again. And I, th- I think, I mean, we had a bit of back and forth after that, but yeah, one thing I did say was that, um, you know, 
if any, if there was any doubt about these idiots that defend the selection of uh, Sinfield winning the Golden Boot last year, this is the sort of competition that he yeah. plays in. <laughs> um, Michael Darren seventy nine tweeted and said, uh, "If you guys didn't know, apparently Spidercam is operated by a German company who have no idea about the game." Well, you would imagine that they're going to learn if they. I haven't had sufficient yeah. training already. They'll learn pretty quick. And, um, and finally, so does that mean there's no no Australians? We've got Heinz and Freintz out there controlling Gunther. Spider Cam. Gunther? Yeah. <laughs> Heinz and Freintz and Gunther controlling Spider Cam. Yeah, that's right. And they're, you know, they're, their previous experience is basically in... in Shyster using, films. You, well, yeah, using using Spider Cams to, to film Shyster films and uh, and to basically provide security for Oktoberfests. <laughs> <laughs> um, finally the tweets we got through we Mupp23 who is a dead set bolter Muppet dead set Hence bolter for, oh, Gronk I mean this guy he's trying to knock all the previous winners of Gronk of the year well and well and truly off I mean because he, he's, he's, a, he's a complete Gronk he's got a, he's, he's stretched the field already yeah yeah he said uh, but it's a good tweet here he said uh, is there a this week in league guest host curse how did the Titans Bronies and Raiders go after Choppy Sam, okay, Mr. Wars, and Matt Lenevers were on. Not to mention how bad the Tigers have gone. Yeah, so, you know, there's a definite trend as well since we started doing the show. The trajectory of the Tigers as well. So, yeah, maybe there's something to that. Uh, now, and finally... And he said that the Tigers went numerous seasons. They started not off really... making the finals. Yeah, but they went really First well. First two years of the show, made the finals. Yeah, but they went, year, but they went so really much. well, and then they went not so well. Remember, they almost got in there that first time? Or was it the second time? First time. First time they almost they almost got there. Second time they knocked off a little bit earlier. And that was with uh you know Captain Snooze you know scoring on Lottie at the end there. Yeah, I remember that well. Thank you. Yeah, and then uh. And Molten. Let's not forget Molten. Yeah, Molten. Yeah, he was shit. Always has been. Um. Anyway, uh, we had a review from another podcast. This podcast is called the Reaction Podcast, and it's hosted by two gentlemen by the name of Matt and Bo. And we at, use the term gentlemen loosely. At reactionpodcast.com, and they're on Twitter as well, at reactionpodcast, and did a bit of a, a review of our show and then compared and contrasted it with NRL Unleashed uh, from Sportal. And it was good because, you know, the, as far as the comparisons went, we came out very favourably yeah. by comparison, so very happy with that. Um, just we just have to take issue that the that uh, Matt said that um, you know we were quite even-handed and and we weren't really that biased as far the fuck as were you listening to champ. I think I think he missed the. I mean, when when he listened, when he said he listened to the first, you know, three quarters of an hour and the last three quarters of an hour, yeah, he must have missed something key in that middle half hour because um. Namely, both our teams' <laughs> game reviews. <laughs> because let me tell you, uh, yeah, none of us support the Broncos. And I was going through a phase in the first episode of this season where, you know, this whole neutral Nate thing. So maybe that's maybe that threw you off a little bit. But I can assure you that's gone. That's, that's, that's gone. And, it's dead. And, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll try and be a bit more even-handed. But, uh, you know, I'm not going to try. I'm not going to be as bad as last year with any luck. But, <laughs> but neutral ain't in our vocabulary. Exactly. <laughs> But, thanks, but we thanks appreciate the review. the review, and yep. uh, you guys sound really intelligent. Not sure what you're doing, wasting time listening to us. Okay, 
Okay, news. Um, first thing, we go through our quick fire and a special shout out to MMA underscore Dave underscore Mac this week. The lone dissenter in terms of the uh, new revised uh, ticking clock on the quick fire stuff. Um, the only person who complained this week, and then he, he sort of drew some parallel to something that happens on the footy show. So fucker for- lives with a ticking time bomb. First question, Can I just say? First question I have to ask married you. Married one, some would say. Well, no, he didn't marry. We should. It's a sinful relationship. Is it? Yeah, it's shameful. They pass now, off as a married couple quite well. Yeah, yeah. Now, do you, watch, time bomb. do you watch the footing show? I haven't watched it in years, so I don't know. But is there a segment on there where there's some sort of ticking clock? He was making allusions to something that being us ripping something off the footy show. Mm. I don't know because I'm watching. And it, let's but... hark back to last season. All right. On two separate occasions where, you know, allegedly, mm. things ripped off this show yeah. and done on the footy show. Yeah. Or was well, it the season right. before? When every, uh, every I mentioned season. that... Uh, Andrew Fafita, who mentioned that there was, uh, when he left the Tigers, that he was uh, happy to be not playing, you know, where there's two dressing rooms. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, there is two dressing rooms, one for reserve graders like you. Um, Bo Ryan subsequently trotted that l- exact line out. Yep, uh, yep. Bo, Jake happy, to, happy to use my material, mate. Bo knows, how, Bo, Bo knows how to steal material. Bo knows plagiarism. Yeah, sure does. So, you know, no, we didn't steal the ticking clock, but we were well within our rights to. Yeah, exactly. And if I was going to steal a van, you know, like I thought it would be more off like, you know... 60 Minutes? Like PTI or something like that on, on ESPN or something. Yeah. You know? Not fucking footy show. Just got to watch that shit first, man. Fuck. Shut up. Here it goes I don't again. I grudge the footy show. They're obviously very successful, etc. But I, it's all a little bit too late for me and I, I generally am in bed. <laughs> and now they're putting footy on Thursday nights as well. Yeah. I'm all footied out by the time they're going to kick that shit off anyway. Like, you know, I've watched I'm the game. I'm never I've footied enough. out. I just get tired, Nathan. Yeah, we get up early. We get up early. Yeah, we get up early. We work hard. Yes. Don't feel bad for it, man. <laughs> you, you know, you miss out on some Bo Ryan jokes. I mean, you know. And Benji singing. I'm a bit shattered that I miss Benji singing. Did he sing, did he? He sang to Bo, apparently. Taylor Swift cover. Hmm. Hilarious. Yes. No wonder, they, no wonder they're at the top of the ratings. They are, and they've won Logies and stuff. <laughs> hmm, we could, you know... Yeah. Closest we'll get to a Logie is when I steal Matt Lenevis. <laughs> he had a okay. Zundi draw. So, so I've heard. Uh, just so there's just some quick, there's some quick stuff. I mean, uh, the first one we'll do this one first because uh, I don't want to talk too much about the actual sacking incident because it, it happened you know, right after uh, the show was released last week. Josh Dugan's been sacked. Yes. Right, wrong. Partying on a roof. Yes or no? Uh, right or wrong. Sends a strong message. Uh, Ferguson should have went. As well, I feel. The reason why is Ferguson uh, turned up at training after the cruiser drinking incident. But Dugan didn't you know turn what? Up. He was still a douchebag, so he should have went. And quite frankly, Shandor should have went too. Because he's also a douchebag. <laughs> they should have implemented a no douchebag policy and those three should just be fucked off. Okay, Jared Hayne in today's Courier Mail. This is probably a troll article put in by a journalist up here to fire up the Queenslanders, but uh, he said that he... Uh, he For Parramatta's upcoming game yeah, against the West Tigers. <laughs> he can be the Eels' Darren Lockyer. Yes, well, if he means playing like someone who's retired, I'm sure he's not far off that. Exactly, and uh, I, I think it was a troll piece just to fire up the Queenslanders in the Courier, to read the Courier Mail. Um, Barber, back in training. Two weeks in the, in the uh, rehab, whatever... I hope for his sake that he has uh, come full circle and, and made a, a speedy recovery. Um, the cynic in me would say that, you know, 
Bulldogs are a little bit off their best because they are down on personnel and it'd be nice to get their best player back. Yeah, and um, two weeks, I mean, even Scientology can't, can't convert someone to anything, change anyone's behaviour patterns in two weeks. The only thing that can change someone's behaviour in two weeks is chocolate. So unless Ben Barber is eating his own body weight and chocolate every day for two weeks, the jury remains out. And he doesn't look like he has either. Because no, he, he's he, not looking like Jamal Idris, is he's he? Not, yeah, he's not, he's not looking like a 2000, 2012 Chris Sandow. <laughs> <laughs> I say 2012 because Sandow's actually looking pretty trim today, you know, this day and age. All right, uh, let's get some longer stuff going. Um, the NRL uh, revealed a contingency plan for what's going to happen uh, after the fallout of this Asada thing. And um, the idea is that because Asada seems to be, you know, taking their time and it seems to be going on and on and there's uncertainty as to when it actually might, you know, the hammer might drop on whoever's going to drop on if it's going to drop on anyone, uh, they need to figure out, they don't want to have a situation where, um, you know, the hammer drops right before the grand final and the one team's qualified for the grand final, the other team qualifies, they've got, you know, half a dozen drug users on their side, so then they just, the team gets rubbed out of the comp and the other guys just turn up and, you know... We have a reserve grade grand final. We have a Toyota Cup. We Holden Cup grand final. And, you know, fucking some washed up. They'll try out Shannon Noll or some fucking washed up motherfucker. Jessica Mauer will come out and sing her song. And then the one team just comes up and gets their trophies and the streamers. They don't have to play a game of football. I mean, so, yeah, they don't want that to happen. No. Um, so what they're going to do, I mean, a couple of these... They probably don't want plays. Shannon Noll to play either. No, no. no. Uh, they want... They, they're talking about uh, possibly a defaulted grand final and an internal draft to reinforce the ranks of a club stripped of players because of doping sanctions. They're among the contingency plans they've drawn up. Um, this is David Smith. Um, he's been preparing responses in the event that a team is banned on the eve of the grand final because of doping violations. So he met with Asada, the uh, chief executive of Asada, Aurora and Druska, for four hours on Friday and consulted the ACC chief, John Lawler, by phone on Monday. Um, we've got every potential scenario covered, he says. I don't know enough of the doping details to know whether we'll get to a historic forfeit of a grand final, but we would have to look at it if a number of players were banned for taking performance-enhancing drugs. NRL rules allow a player charged by Asada with a doping infraction to continue playing until his case is heard. However, should the player subsequently be banned for two years by the NRL doping tribunal, the premiership points his team earned while he was playing would be stripped. Should the timing of the... If one player was guilty... This is what this is what it says in front of me. I mean, it seems a bit it seems a bit rough for one player, doesn't that's it? That's a bit. That's if a player goes outside the club's protocol, yeah, and dopes, yeah, and gets done for it. Yeah, if it's not actually even something that the club's been doing, like through if their it, doctors, if the if club's it's administered thing. it and is knowingly given a player or, or several players, or you know, I don't really give a fuck how many. Yeah. Then fair enough, the club should be stripped. Mm-hmm. It's like the Melbourne Storm thing. That was a systematic yeah. club wide. Yep. Yep. Everyone was situation that everyone was well yep. aware of and they got done and fair enough they should have been they, their punishment was was they probably got off due lightly, and yeah. just but for one player yeah to bring about the whole demise of a club season if if they've gone outside the club's protocol is a bit harsh in my mind it's the equivalent of a salary cap breach for just Billy Slater but the Storm yeah. getting the same punishment what they got yeah yeah so, you know not like everybody on it yeah um so what they're looking, what they're, uh, they're saying, should, should the timing of the Asada investigation pro- process and the convening of the NRL doping panel cascade into grand final week, one team could be forced to forfeit all premiership points and lose their place in the decider, leaving the other team without an opponent. 
It's more likely the NRL will move quickly against any team with a significant number of players suspected of doping, banning them from playing for points in the same way as Storm punished in 2010 for salary cap breaches. The administration would be willing to take the heat of the furor from the fans, aware of the greater damage and international embarrassment of a, of a team stepping up on the dais on grand final day to accept the premiership trophy without having played a match. However, Asada's interviews with players and the agency's recommendations on sanctions will need to be well advanced for the NRL to gain sufficient information to disqualify a team within, say, the next two months. Um, Smith said the NRL was better placed than the AFL to deal with the immediate disqualification of a large number of players who accept shorter bans of six months. The NRL does not have a draft, while the AFL does have a strictly regulated internal and external system. We do have the advantage of not having a draft, Smith said. We've thought of a number of situations. Asked, this is an important point, asked if other NRL clubs would be required to supply a certain number of players each in the same way the incipient Super League in the mid-90s allocated talent to start-up teams. Smith said, we would all band together. In the background, the clubs have been fantastic. They've demonstrated they're a real band of brothers. Until you have to start giving up players. I what, they just what, got to give them up so the team can play the grand final? Well, don't, just, just, so, just so the team can feel the team in the comp. Why, why don't they take teams from... Yeah, every team's got a feeder club. Every team's got reserve grade. They can get ringers in. Take from motherfuckers like, out of there and put the a jersey on them and let them get whipped on grand final day. Well, all you do is this is not for the grand final. This is just for if a team gets so many players rubbed out they can't field a team even get, in the comp. Let them get whipped for fucking 30, 20 weeks. I don't care. That's hey man, man, you, you're preaching the choir. That's exactly what I think as well. Yeah, I mean at the end of the day, I think the Tigers would gladly give up Tim Moulton. Probably throw in Lottie. Brace, Brace, maybe throw him in. How fucking dare you? How dare you, Nathan? They'll probably give it, you know, Maltz. Lottie's probably never going to play again. They'll probably throw him into Brad's the probably the, the worst deal. buy of the year um, at this rate. Yeah, I fucking You're said a it. disgrace. You are a disgrace to this show. He's done nothing. And to our valued listeners. He's done nothing. Fucking Not else. likely to. He made tackles on the weekend. I think it was about 10 of them. Oh, so he's a warm body in a defensive line. Fucking unbelievable. Wow. So they've got to so run around nice. him to someone else that might tackle him. Okay, I'll say, Or yeah. not. They yeah. probably won't tackle him. Yeah, That's if, the, if the he runs towards Benji, probably not. Yes. Manly, who would Manly give up? Fucking nobody. That's the thing. I would be absolutely fucking ropeable if they had to give up anyone of no. I know I love each and every one of those fucking players. How? What about if Manly? Yeah. Strong rumours. Manly getting done right. Yeah. What if Canterbury said, "You know what? We'll give up T Rex." <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. I'm, Just to help you guys out. It's it's funny. I saw on a man, nice. I saw on a Manly forum today that someone said that um that man, Manly uh, made the best um they 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 uh they gave up paying six hundred thousand dollars to invest to invest in a in a brick wall of defence this season. So how um how much money were they paying T Rex? I know we're getting off off topic. Uh, we weren't we weren't paying him uh, a shitload of money, which is you know probably the main reason he went because he was kind of remember he was like average, 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 then he had a good kind of season, then he had a shit season. So oh, if we were paying him three hundred, I'd be very surprised. Yeah, okay. But he's getting six fifty over there. Hey, this, I don't like the idea of this draft situation um at the end of the day if the club's done the wrong thing then they're gonna have to suck it up and come up with players somehow i don't care and what if they happens get them. Then, so six months down the track do those players revert back to their original well, teams and then these other guys come back from I suspension don't know. this is the reason why we should be on the uh on the uh commission but we're not yeah, unfortunately um but you know if whatever club if they get done then i don't care if they pull players out of the mudgy wombats and the cow and nuns mm. fucking put a team together slap a jersey on them and um, let them get whipped every week. Did you see that um, that uh, when T-Rex went over to Canterbury, so the whole problem there, you know, Manly was like, oh, the NRL's not going to register the contract of Brett Stewart, blah, blah, blah. You know what that was about? 
Because it's Ian, about you getting off topic. Ian Schubert said that this is on TV. You brought up T Rex. Ian Schubert said that um, Manly had undervalued uh, undervalued T Rex, so we had to pay another sixty thousand against our cap because he was undervalued. Who did they pay that money to? Well, it can't count against our ta- against our cap. I don't think we actually had to come up with the actual yeah. Come up with them. I don't think he got sixty thousand dollars. I think yeah. it was counted against our cap. Which now, after the first two rounds of competition alone, if I was Manly, I'd be lodging an appeal on that because plain to see he's not fucking worth anything. Yeah. <laughs> Be lucky to worth that sixty thousand, let alone anything else. Exactly. Um, next story: Lockie Coote out for the season. Uh, Lockie Coote will miss the rest of the NRL season after being scheduled for surgery on a pectoral injury suffered in Sunday's loss to the West Tigers. He left the field clutching his right shoulder after an attempted tackle on Tigers fullback Tim Moulton after just eleven minutes of play. Um, Phil Gould uh, on Twitter said that he will not play again this year. Terrible luck for the Penrith Panthers. 5'8", Lockie Coote will undergo immediate surgery and miss the rest of the season. And uh, Jeremy Lattimore's out for 12 weeks as well. Gould wrote on his Twitter account, Lattimore missed the, missed the Tigers game. He's got an ankle syndesmosis injury. So they're looking at Blake Austin, potentially, uh, in the halves, alongside Luke Walsh. Good player, Blake Austin. He's yeah. got a big future. Um, you know, it's a bit of a sink or swim situation, but goes to show, Lockie Coote, if you touch Tim Moulton... Bad things happen. Everything he touches turns to, you know, necrosis. Turns to a uh, ruptured silicon implant, some would say. Yep. Locky. Busted titty. Yes. Um, Speaking look, of busted titties. Uh, just, to, just to touch on Locky Coot. Yep. Um, that game on the weekend, which I know we're going to cover, he, as soon as he went off, Penrith lost their way. Yeah. And... If he's out for the season, then that's probably not a good sign for Penrith. They'll probably start playing the way that people thought they would. Because I, th- I thought actually, you know, up and up, up until that point, they were probably playing far better than, you know, yeah. people may have given him credit. And, you know, maybe even people sitting in this room at the moment gave him credit, you know, before the season. So... I don't know who you're talking about or whatever. Because, I mean, remember Penrith, you know, no, sure did actually beat you in a trial game. Um, now, on to your team, big source... Uh, there's there's massive front row problems uh, with injuries at the West Tigers. Oh, um, massive front row problems. Long, long term long term injuries to uh to Quasi Grodo and James Gavitt and uh Mosesi, you know, we know what happened with him after suffering a pec tear too, you know. Coincidentally really? enough, yeah. Suffered Jeez. a serious pec tear while bench pressing in the gym and then hours later is when he uh, while he bench like, pressing the gym. Bench pressing in the Probably gym. Could have bench pressed the and, gym um, too, yeah, and then so you know, obviously, you know, we know what happened there. You know, he took his life. You know, hours later, uh, so you've got, you got Aaron Woods, he's there. Yeah. Jack Buchanan. Yeah, exactly. There's our front and Matt, row. And Matt Bell. Matt Bell. So basically, got a rookie. He's one of our best last you, year. You got a rookie. You got a park footballer, and you got the Woods. fuck are you calling park park footballer? <laughs> Matt Bell. Huh? <laughs> Matt Bell. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Who's the rookie? Uh, Buchanan. Right. He only made. He only oh, you're not bagging Woodsy. No, I love him. Yeah. No, he's in my super coach team. He's a fucking legend. Yes. Um, Looking so yeah, splendid too in this clean cut look. The three of them, they're the only they're the only Tigers props still left standing. So you know, realistically, in this day and age, you need four four props for in your seventeen. And um, Adam Blair can play prop. Adam Has Blair done. can't play football. He can't play rugby league. You fucking know this. Just shut up. <laughs> now, um, yes, sir. Yeah, you know, Aaron Woods is going to—he's going to get into the origin side. So, um, without big source, he's going to be—you know—it's going to be trouble. He's going to be uh, pretty short. So, right. how long's um, Cozy out for? 
Cause it just says a long-term foot injury. So and uh, so I'm not sure how long that is. Fuck, it's strenuous ringing those bells. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> dragon. That's what's dragging his foot around like, <laughs> like Kaiser Soze. Now, um, <laughs> Tigers officials have already been in talks with Shane Shackleton. Yes. Who started the season with the Mounties in the New South Wales Cup. They might bring back Ray Cashmere again. Yeah. So uh, he answered the SOS last time when they were having trouble. in uh, Skando? That was yeah, a fucking success, wasn't this, it? Uh, this article I've got here... Skando, he's about Skando. the same size as a fucking outside back these days. Yeah, and he's and he's about 48 years old. Maybe, In the shade. Maybe, maybe 38. I don't know. <laughs> How old Skando? Pretty old. He's well past it. But, you know, Matt Bell, Shackleton, you know, those guys as well, I suppose. Um, anyway, so Galloway has suffered a pectoral tear in the, the window irony. of Penrith. The irony that we very nearly signed, Brent Kite. Yeah, could have used him right about now. We turned our back on him because he was too old. Now we're looking at signing Ray Cashman. <laughs> and now look at him. Much like last year, Nathan, when we were looking at signing Willie Mason, and we didn't, and we put fucking Ray Cashmere into the side, and Willie Mason then proceeded to sign a contract with Newcastle, carved up for the whole fucking year, and we ended up with Ray Cashmere. Yeah, and Brent Kite's turned the clock back like this year as well. And Brent Kite's playing like a genius this year as well. Sensational. So they reckon that Source is going to miss between three and four months, although they'll know more specifically after the surgery's done. That'll be fine. We'll be fine. All right. Now, uh, that Buchanan, he's yeah. got game. Woodsy's got game. He's I don't a... think Woodsy will make the State of Origin side. I think you, I think he might be Why? left out again. I just I'm don't know that he's in favour. I, I think he was he was strongly touted last last season. I just don't know that he's in favour with the selectors and Ricky, uh, with Ricky Stewart no longer there and Laurie Daly now. Uh, Does he? he might not be out of favour with Laurie Daly? He might be in favour. Who knows Daly. what Laurie Daly's going to do? Well, I mean, talk about people that don't know football. I'm trying to think of other props. I mean, you think, okay, so Tamo is going to be there. That's one. Yeah. You still need to find another three. Woods is getting in for sure. We'll see. Gallon won't He's play prop this time. Gallon will, be, Gallon will be like, you know, he'll just be a back row this time. Yeah. Woods, he'd definitely be worthy, but I, I don't know. For some reason, he's I there. just don't, he's not done. sure he's, he's going to be picked. But he certainly put in on the weekend. Now, there's just a, a couple of uh, things here about uh, old Dugan. Of course, we mentioned briefly that he was fired. Everyone knows that. Happened right after the show hit the air last week. He's but, a troubled um, young man. But Canberra are going to provide the NRL with a dirt dossier to basically uh, give them all the indiscretions that he's had, even the ones that really haven't um, you know, come out before. Uh, there's previously unreported behavioural issues that, um, that yeah, managed to elude the media, and they'll be revealed to the NRL as well. And that does not the, surprise me in the yeah, slightest. And then the NRL can basically decide whether then he, uh, you know, whether, whether he'll be deregistered or they'll, you know, choose not to register any incoming contracts. Now, they're saying that Brisbane are interested. Yeah, I heard that today. The problem is, Brisbane, yeah, I mean, look, let's face it, they need good players. I mean, they need all they can get. That's fucking bullshit, because Josh Hoffman... He's, he's, he's by far the best option there at fullback. And if if Josh Hoffman, Hoffman was dropped to the wing because of behavioural issues and then misses out, if Corey Norman then signs with Para, and Josh Hoffman misses out on regaining his number one jersey because they signed Josh Dugan, who's just been sacked from a club for behavioural issues, isn't that yeah. a little bit of a contradiction? Yeah, Josh Hoffman will wind up at the Warriors or something probably. Or he might wind up at the Dragons. He's a good, he's a good fullback. I think he's, they should he, persist with him. He's certainly yeah. a better full fullback than Corey Norman. But the Broncos, you know, they are not they are not a side that is, you know they will cut off their nose to spite their face for the, you know to to handle their code of conduct shit. Gagai, Gagai, carving it up, you know, ever since he left and ended up and went up at Newcastle. 
So, yeah, they're, they're quite happy to sack people at will. So I don't think that they're a very good fit for Dugan because I'm not sure if he's ready for that kind of, you know... Yeah, you know, hope being you... having to rock up to work, not pissed. I don't think he's ready for that. Yeah, climb up, climb up on the roof in Queensland and someone drink a fucking breezer, mate. You'll yeah. fucking burn. Damn straight. You'll fry like he's an egg. He's already made out of glass. Uh, exactly. Start a fucking fire with the sun shining through it. Exactly. Now the more likely destination, Saint George Illawarra. What a shambles yeah. that side is at the moment. And um, yeah, they're basically waiting for confirmation from the NRL as to whether they would register a, a contract for the uh, for Dugan. And um, then if that. Does if if it is going to happen, then they can get involved in negotiations. Haven't they had some like they've gone from Fluffy? Yeah, they've gone from Fluffy. Fluffy turned his back on and went and sat on Uncle Wayne's lap in Newcastle, which is fair enough. We don't begrudge Fluffy wanting to be joined on Uncle Wayne's colostomy bag, but I'm just saying that the whole Moulton thing, and now they end up with Josh Dugan. How do they feel about that? They miss out on Tim Moulton. Better player. Sorry. It's a better player for their money. I don't disagree with that. And the Tigers were looking at Josh Dugan there a little while yeah, ago. Yeah, the Roosters were like, there was rumours he was going to sign with them last there was year. St- strong rumours that he had turned his back on the on the Tigers and Tim Sheens, who was had him fairly highly touted, and that he was poised to sign with the Roosters. And they went and decided he was going to start, he could keep playing for the Raiders. Now he's been sacked, he's going to end up at the Dragons. Mm-hmm. He... I don't know. I don't know that Dugan is the type of guy that is going to have a massive impact on the Dragons' attack single-handedly because there's not enough people to get him the ball where he wants it. Yeah, but if he just sort of hung around in the middle of the field, you know, someone like Merrin or someone could pop up and offload for him. Because he's not going to get anything out of Fiend at halfback. No. So Unless need... they give Thirsty a run. Who knows? Thirsty's a bit of an unknown quantity. Yeah, but Thirsty, th- Thirsty potentially had a, had an injury on the weekend. He reckons he could play this weekend if he had to. He's foxing. But, um, he's definitely foxing because he hasn't got a run in first grade. He's having a sook. Yeah, well, you know, there's rock star St. George halves. Um, I read an interesting article today about St. George where the guy was saying, you know, the, the problems with St. George is, you know, they didn't try and... And, you know, they're not the only club to do this, but they went all out to win a premiership and they didn't, you know, try and actually build a team, you know, based around sustained success. Um, remember before Bennett turned up, they were always in the finals and they were always touted pretty highly as, you know, a team likely to, you know, win the title. Yeah. Never happened. So then they went all out for Wayne Bennett. And that's the problem with having coaches such as Wayne Bennett and if Craig Bellamy was to ever leave Melbourne, which I don't think he ever would, um, coaches of that yeah. sort of esteem where their strongest suit, other than their knowledge of the game, is their ability to connect with the players on a, on a level that is over, above and beyond strictly footy coach. You're saying start it's always sexual. On... <laughs> I wasn't going with sexual. I was going to say with father figure type mentor, personal life, mentor, mental sort of life coach as well as footy coach type role. Say sexual if you want. In certain cases, such as Fluffy, probably not far off the mark. But the problem is they get there, these players grow an extra leg under these blokes, don't real don't think once the coach leaves yeah. that they're, they're gonna be the same player, toddle off behind him to whatever club he goes to and leaves the other club decimated, left with Jamie Soward and Ben Cray running the club. Yeah, but that's that's pretty, what the, the, like that's the, that's the apocalypse the, of rugby league. That, teams. that wasn't the thrust of the article. What the thrust of the article was was that um Wayne Bennett was going to come, and so immediately they uh, they get rid of Jason Riles. Trent Barrett was going to come back to Australia from England, and he knocked that on the head. Uh, Justin Paul was an Origin 
proper time. Uh, he got released shortly after, and there's numerous other players as well. So he brought in some guys like you know. All of like, that proves like, that Wayne like Bennett Smith. is a genius. Well, then he brought in guys like uh, like Smith and Fluffy and um, and guys like that to yeah, did well. Nearly got you know nearly got there. Next year he got there. They won the final. But then he takes Fluffy with him. Fluffy's contract was tailored to the fact that he could follow Wayne when his contract ended. It was timed you know correctly. Um, he since scabbed a couple of other guys out of there. But also they don't have any of these. You know their club back in before Wayne Bennett. Their club was heavily built around local juniors. Yes. And was competitive. Now. Nothing. The juniors, the, the juniors have all been pissed off. I don't know that the juniors are getting a run. They've got some highly touted juniors, and you've had guys like Merrin that have come through the ranks there, and then you've got now guys like, um, what's that pretty boy? Jack DeBellin. Yes. Um, I knew who you were talking about. Guys like him, um, Drinkwater. Drinkwater's from Manly. Is I he? I him last year. He was from our Oh, last my year. apologies. Yeah. I thought he was local. Yeah, he's never going to crack it ahead of Cherry. That's why he left. Wow. I think he's cherry, he's so young and he's the greatest halfback in the game already. Oh, fucking please. <laughs> yeah, and look, the Wayne Bennett thing, it was like you say. He was a mercenary brought in to do a job, he did the job, but he the club. The, job the, point is, the point is that he, yeah, he did the job, fucked off, and left the club in probably a worse a worse state. Like he after left the players. A steaming he would, pile yeah. of crap behind. Yeah, after, the, with after the players Howard. he took down, because I mean, he, he picked the eyes out of it as well. Like, you know, Smith had gone to Cronulla, but he got Smith back in. He took both Scott out of there. You know, he took um, Fluffy with him. And you know what else he took? Jamie Soward's soul. Yeah, and also you've had, you know, Hornby retired, Dean Young retired. Other guys were pretty crucial to, you know, that period of success. Yeah. So what, basically the Dragons are in a far worse position now. they're going to have Josh Dugan. Good luck to him. Yeah, so yes, yes, they won the premiership in 2010, but today they're in a far worse position they were... The, the, they're in a far worse position now than they were before Wayne Bennett turned up. That's the point. Yes, I'd agree with that. Because now they're not going to be perennial contenders that don't achieve. They're going to be fucking spooners. <laughs> Sorry, Dragons fans. Caps first game on uh, Thursday night, and I'm um, you know how do you feel about Thursday night football first? Um, I'm a fan, but I just I think it probably shouldn't be as regular as it is at the moment. Every week for the first five four, or six weeks. Four. Is it only four? I thought it was four. Is it okay. more than that? Could be more. But, yeah. I, I like the novelty factor of it. I just don't think it should be overdone. Yeah, I don't really care about it either way. I mean, I'd be happy if they. I'd be happy enough if they if they actually canned it and made the Sunday twilight game more yeah i'm liking the sunday evening football more yeah so, i agree i do prefer that yeah so i'm um, only uh, because i'm tend to be home more on a sunday evening than i am on a thursday night and i'll and i like monday night football so i wouldn't want to sacrifice that for the sunday evening game no well, so monday, be, you know, monday night fo- football is probably you know other than i guess friday night that's probably the pinnacle but i, I yeah, like Monday. it'll be the pinnacle this year because manly got like fucking seven monday night games <laughs> 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 i wonder when they're gonna start jesus i've got enough of them coming um Anyway, uh, Thursday night this week just gone. Uh, the Bulldogs finally got on the board with a twenty to sixteen victory over the Parramatta Eels. Uh, their points, their tries came from Josh Jackson, Josh Reynolds, Mitch Brown, Sam Perrett, and Kristen Inu. Two of four off the boot. Parramatta sixteen came from a double to Chase Blair, and uh, Matthew Ryan got it one. And Sandow was two of three. So, this is, I thought this was a pretty ordinary game, to be honest. 
Well, I think Paris is a side that's still finding their feet, and the Bulldogs are still down on troops. Um, having said that, I think Parra will have grown more with this loss than, than what they would have from that big win they had in, in round one. And it's pretty obvious that the signs of, of Stuart, Ricky Stewart and his influence on the club are there to see. But um, as far as the dogs go, the signs of Des Hasler are stronger. Uh, and, you know, they found a way to win. They needed a win. It was a good confidence-boosting win. You know, as I said, they're down on troops. And um, I think they will probably kick on, you know, based on the confidence there that they, you know, these some of these lesser lights and, and guys that are filling in can get the job done. Uh, and will hold them in good stead when the big names do come back. But uh, just, I'm wondering, Sandow, his shoulder charge? Yep. Um, there was a bit of conjecture over, t- over whether it was actually a shoulder charge or not and was fairly extensively reviewed during the game and, and also in, in various media channels after the game. Um, he said he was shitting himself, Chris Sandow. Yeah. When he was when he was being reviewed. Um, Rightly so, though. his weight loss. Maybe he's on diuretics if he's shitting himself. Maybe, but I mean, the thing is, it happened a couple of times. Like There was probably about another three, I think, over the weekend that were like, are they going to be cited? You know, right. And then they, and then they is... ultimately don't. So this real thing is bullshit. Whether you Just... agree with it or not, and you know, I am probably not dead against it as far as the player welfare aspect goes, but this is what it lends itself to, is, yeah. you know... How's a referee going to, with the speed at which these sorts of things happen, how's a referee going to determine straight up on the field yep. without stopping the game and have it reviewed? And the refs, don't, the refs clearly don't want to make a snap decision, you know, right then and there. Like Referees are footy fans too. They probably don't mind seeing a shoulder charge. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Now, do you have anything else to say or can I get no. on to these tweets? All right, Cruzy06. This game t- turned Vuvuzelerish rapidly and it confirmed that T-Rex is Tongan for twin pack of Tontine polyesters. The, uh, the Bulldogs the fans year. are jumping all over T-Rex. I think it's hilarious. And there's actually some good-natured banner, good-natured for once, between Bulldogs and Manly fans, because the Manly fans are like, we fucking told you. We told you. <laughs> and the Bulldog fans are like, why didn't you tell us? Like, we fucking told you. And they go, yeah, he's shit. <laughs> yeah, we're paying too much for him. <laughs> uh, the Chapo, 82. I'll take the win, but fuck, we need to improve 100% for next week. And then he's got hash, fuck off Keating, hash, Keating out, hash, Hocko in, hash, T-Rex, as in, you know, like a car wreck. Yeah. Hocko so, as in Hodkinson. Hodkinson, yeah. Remember that guy when he was when, when he was good? And then and he uh, proclaimed that he was going to be the revelation of the season. Yeah, and then uh, he got hit with the uh, square in the face with the Manly curse. Players that leave Manly do not achieve anything like they achieve at the club. Jesus. It goes back in history, even back to Bob Fulton, Phil Blake, all those guys. Back in the day, Fatty Vorton left Manly, wound up in East Reserve grade. <laughs> Had to beg Jack Gibson to play his finale in first grade. But, uh, you know, it happens. You leave Manly, you know, you take your chances. Go to England, man, because your fucking NRL career is done. Stibster. So, at J Stib. Might be first tweet coming from uh, this one. That's all good. Dog's halfback to star opposite Miss Piggy in latest family movie. Hash Chris Keating the Muppet. <laughs> <laughs> Keating, not a lot of love from the doggy fans of Keating. That's because he's shit at football. Yeah. At Jar TV. Old Jared. Between Carl Stefanodick and Tom Cunterhouse, Channel 9 have dipped their arm in Caro, lit it, and fist fucked the NRL's anus. Oh, God. <laughs> 
<laughs> we can't read that out. How's that for a visual? <laughs> and just speak, just speaking of not being able to read stuff out, Jared also, did you see the tweet when he sent about, about the hut? I, I didn't get to watch it. You haven't watched it yet? No. Okay, I'll tell you what we're going to do. While we're live on air, I want to get your reaction because this is what people recommended um, that uh, that we do. We go, um, I'm going to put up the, the site that he sent us. It's called harlemshakepoop.com if you want to play along at home. And now we're loading up the page here. There's a video. Now we're going to play the video. And um, and you're, you're... This is not where I want our show now to listen, go. Now listen to this. Con los terroristas. <laughs> the dry reaching is the best part. <laughs> Thoughts? <laughs> You're just sitting in your mouth agape. Do you want it to? <laughs> That's... Why did you show me that? Because Jared sent it to the at TWI League Twitter Why account. Why would you ever listen to anything that idiot has to say? <laughs> we can't. No. Somebody, we can't. Somebody, no one. No one go and see that. Yeah. Don't, don't look at it at work. It's not safe for work. Don't look at it at all. Yeah. So, so, it's disgraceful. So it's like, when I watched it no, last night... No, I don't want to talk about it anymore. Let's move on. When I watched it last, game. No, when I watched it last night, I, I couldn't stop laughing. Like I was just like shuddering with laughter, just tears streaming down my face. And Simone was sitting on the chair next to me, and she got up and she was just sick of the chair vibrating from me laughing so hard. <laughs> Fuck, I'm going to get into a state where I can't stop laughing again like I did last night. So, yeah, you're not amused by that at all? Not at all. What about the dry reaching at the end? <laughs> that's the worst part. <laughs> See, that's the best part. Oh, fucking hell. Okay, got to get it back together. At Nathan Sully 89 <laughs> It was good to see the ads for the NRL season during the Tom Waterhouse show. Hash, fuck off. He's well loved. Yeah, he should have put Tom on there. Sully put t- Tom on there. Fuck off Tom is the official hashtag. Gee, there must be, if you search on that hashtag, there must be hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of tweets out there. Wouldn't do much for his confidence. <laughs> No, I mean, like Channel 9. I mean, what about that photo that went around of him at, the, at beach? the beach? And he just looked like <laughs> pasty. He looked pudgy, but skinny. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like, yeah, is that possible? Oh, just, the, he's just got the muscle tone of a, he's got the muscle tone of a jellyfish. <laughs> just the atrocious, and the translucent nature of a jellyfish as well, to be honest. He <laughs> was almost see-through, he's that white. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, like, you know, he wasn't sparkling, but I mean, gee, he could have been one of those uh, those Twilight pedo vamps. <laughs> he yeah, really. could have been. Oh, it's like, what are you doing with your shirt off at the beach, mate? Exactly. Go in full a toga and a burka, if you look like that. Just, just, or just, you know, wear a rashie or something, pretend you're surfing. You know what I mean? <laughs> just cover it up. All right, now, uh, where are we? At Jacoby Nelson. Fuck hash calf blood. Why isn't anybody investigating why Chris Keating's eyes are so close together? <laughs> hash parents related. <laughs> Um, we got see, that's the sort of stuff I want you to tell yeah, me about. Right. I don't want to see anything like what you just showed me ever again. <laughs> you it's and I are, 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 are co co owners of that that account, and I can't believe that you know one of our listeners 
and a guy we know in real life outside of the show, he sends us something to look at, you respect your friend, and you click that link. I love the man like a brother, <laughs> but I also know not to click on any links he ever sends me because it's bound to be all sorts of wrong. <laughs> at Fubar underscore 84 said, Ben Roberts single-handedly boosted rally tail sales, sales for Para by 1,000%. <laughs> Uh, what we got here? We got uh, Brendan Kelly. That's Brend B R E N D H A N underscore Kelly. T Rex stands still real quick. Yes, yes, he does. He does. He does. Uh, at Paraman Mark Two. Really proud of the way we defended. Much more commitment and effort. Our attack was in a word hash pashitic. Para are hash rocks and diamonds. Whoa! Don't get too crazy on the hashtags there, man. Um, on Instagram or something. Is- Kyle employed someone to do his tweets for him. Yeah, he's, he seems to. Doesn't say anywhere near stupid enough. Not yeah. enough spelling mistakes, and and not enough, and, and not enough like blind red hot hatred towards players from his own team. Yeah. And uh, GT three fifty one underscore Johns gets the last word. Understrength side, too many errors, lost the forward early, but man, what an effort to defend and win. Proud of the Bulldogs' effort. He's looking at that through pal coloured glasses. Isn't it? <laughs> He's gone to the same place that Kyle's gone yeah, to get his. He's a bit. He's a bit zen, isn't he? Resident tweeters. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. www.dumytweets.com. www.valiumtweets or something. Fucking hippies. Suck it up, boys. I yeah. want to see you two fighting at each other's throats. Exactly. Fire up. This fucking this hug and tug session. Some becoming, quite frankly. Uh, Brisbane Broncos, twenty-two. Defeated the St. George Illawarra Dragons 6 on Friday Night Football. Uh, let's see, what do we got here? The Broncos, their 22 points came from tries to Josh Hoffman, David Stagg, Ben Hannett, Corey Norman. Prince was 3 of 4 from the boot. St. George Illawarra got 6 points from a try to Mick Wayman and a goal to Jamie Soward. The Dragons aren't going to beat anyone off the back of their attack. No. It's pretty... <laughs> I think in most cases, if you score first, you win. Yeah. Uh, they're not going to run many people down. Um, and you think their attack's bag. David Stagg uh, scored a try with footwork and a spin. and Yeah. He looked like Benji Marshall to the power of fucking Sean Johnson. Yeah, and that's David Stagg, though. David fucking Stagg. Mm. Um, I just, it's really, it's a bit sad how far the Dragons have fallen. We touched on it earlier, but... Um, this is uh, exactly the type of game the Broncos were sort of winning at this stage last season. Um, and I think when you look forward to the next round, I think they're probably a good chance of doing a similar sort of thing. They went down to Sydney at various points, you know, to open up the season last year and um, and, and pulled out some wins where people weren't really convinced on, on the type of side that they were. And I think much like last season, their, their test is really going to come later in the year and, and how much the Broncos learnt from last season is going to be revealed late in the year. And, you know, I think they're, they're putting things together now. They played a style of footy which really worked against the Dragons. And um, that's a credit to Hook's coaching. But um, I really think the jury's going to have to remain out on the Broncos uh, until later in the season to see if they learnt their lessons. I put no stock whatsoever in this game. I mean, it was actually <laughs> far more even than the scoreline would suggest. Mm. And considering that St. George Illawarra have to be runaway favourites for the wooden spoon at this stage, that gives no credit to the Broncos whatsoever. Broncos' defence, you know, Dragons, I know have bagged their attack, but they still had 
you know, six, seven, eight sets. They had the ball yeah. and they, they dominated for periods, uh, extended periods of the game in terms of territory and possession. But like you said, they've got no attack. Mm. Like it wasn't the least bit threatening, you know, so. Pressure building on Steve Price already. I, I saw an article saying that um, Tony Smith is yep. um, is being touted as, as his replacement. We're two games into a season. Um, not good signs. Apparently he has a he has a get-out clause if he gets an NRL job. So, you know, the potential's there for him to come back. And with the success of Mick Potter, who's carving it up, I mean, it's only natural that people look to England for their coaches. Um, Justin Hodges' chase on Brett Morris. Mm-hmm. By far the most exciting and best part of this game. Yeah. Um, I've often said Justin Hodges only ever runs as fast as he needs to. Yeah. You never see him just, like, stretch out just for the sake of it. That's because he's got the hamstrings of a cadaver. You won't stretch out because you'll blow something. And Fuck's a cadaver. Like a dead body. Corpse. Right. Just say corpse. Don't dress it up. Don't shoot your head. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Might as well start speaking in a fucking French accent. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's a corpse. Say it's a corpse. <sighs> fucking start wearing a beret to recording. Just the <sighs> fancy pants. So anyway, yeah, that, cha- that chase was exciting, but Brent Morris did sort of prop and tried to step inside, which was you know the reason how Justin Rogers only Rogers because could, I think he backed the himself. Way that he, you know, he backed himself to get around Hodges and run and outrun him, and Hodges had him for pace, and yeah. that was his only option other than getting tossed over the sideline. Yeah, and didn't didn't the crowd love it when he got ten in the bin? Oh, yeah, rightly so, but also, I mean, it was the right thing for him to do as well because yeah. there was no one back there, and you know, if he shoot on the other up, foot, yeah. the Dragons player. Probably wouldn't have been smart enough to think like that. Yeah. Which is a bit sad. If a player's not smart enough to think like Justin Hodges. Yeah. Probably it's a bit of low bar. Away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Rugby League Gronk at RL Gronk. Congrats to Brisbane Broncos and NRL Dragons for doing a super impersonation of a New South Wales Cup game tonight. Harsh. But fair. But fair. GT351 underscore Johns. Instead of rally towel, there should be waterhouse masks for the crowd to wave around. <laughs> Jacoby Nelson. Maybe they should do Waterhouse rashings. <laughs> Cover up. Jacoby Nelson. I'm convinced Soward wears that headgear for the same reason as you see folks you see shuffling around shopping centres. Hash special. <laughs> R. Pop SH is Robert Hannay. Of course, the, uh, the younger brother of Josh Hannay. Yes. Or some sort of relationship somewhere. somewhere More now. talented. Yeah. Fuck, if you had the doubles in this game, you'd be going through the bin looking for a ticket. Two props scoring first. Yeah. Cambo 96, Tom Waterhouse should get some fine cotton, in quotes, and go hang himself. Hash, <laughs> hash fuck off Tom. Jesus. Um, yeah, and it's so funny, like, it, it, nearly all these tweets, I mean, it, I had to sift these tweets so badly for this game, because whenever there's a Channel 9 game and Tom Waterhouse is making his appearances, everyone is just, it's all about Tom Waterhouse and how he needs to fuck off. I mean, they, they often don't even talk about the game. Mm. Uh, Bemson Meister. The triumphant return yeah, of Benson Meister. The return. I don't know about anything else. Oh, no. It's triumphant. Here's his first tweet, first shot of the season. All donkeys can kick. Just because you put a hat on it and call it Jamie doesn't make it a fucking footy player. It's still a donkey. Uh, and then we've got Jacoby Nelson again. Simbind, off injured. Justin Hodges just won the Justin Hodges Award for the most outstanding performances of Justin Hodges. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we have uh, Drew underscore Nathan five. Watching Dragons versus Broncos is like watching two redneck families fight. You don't care who wins, you just want them all fucked up. Worth to live by. 
Next up, Saturday, 5.30 game, Sydney Roosters, 16, defeated the New Zealand Warriors, 14, over there at Eden Park in Auckland, and the points went to, well, the Roosters' 16 points came from tries to the count, Anthony Minicello, two dads, Sean Kenny Dow, and Mitch Orbison, of no fixed nickname, uh, Maloney, <laughs> two of three, and uh, the Warriors tries to Sean Johnson, Peter Godinay, and Bill Tupo. And Sean Johnson was one of three on the boot. That's some of your best. <laughs> you Maybe like... that could be his nickname, No Fix Nickname. <laughs> you like that one? Oh, hilarious. <laughs> the Warriors are poor in defence. And um, it's it's a sad indictment on the coaching of Matthew Elliott that despite having some of the most potent attacking weapons in the NRL, such as Sean Johnson, Kevin Locke, uh, Fisiahi, uh, Harrell, and mm-hmm. uh, to name just off the top of my head, geez, they lack some ideas in attack. They uh, just very know. unimaginative, very unwarriors like. I just can't. I, I just can't get motivated to talk about to talk about Matt Elliott's coaching because no. we said when he went over there he was shit. We looked back on his career, it was shit. We said he was going to be shit, and there the team was going to perform shit. There is and a guess here. what? Now they're shit. I think the Roosters did well to to hang on, and they are still, you know finding their feet as well and learning about what type of side they're going to be um, with a new coach and, and a bunch of new players. But, um, you know, they did well to hang on. The Warriors mounted a bit of a comeback and looked like they might run over the top of them, but the Roosters hung on and got the win. I really expected more from the Warriors at Eden Park, though. I know it's traditional rugby union ground, but the fact that they've, they've they had a had a couple of massive crowds and they got over 30,000 to this game as 32, well. 32,740. Um, I really thought that that might be enough to get them home and that they'd probably want to put in and, and play their best footy in front of a crowd like that. But it wasn't to be and um, they couldn't get it done. And the Roosters, I mean, you know, there's big questions over them too. I mean, because they look like they were just going to win by how much at one point, out mm. by 16-0. And, you know... The wheels fell off a little bit. It was very, very close at the end. I mean, Sean Johnson had a, you know, not a difficult conversion attempt. He benjied I mean, he it, still, didn't he? he t- I mean, he, he benjied it so badly. It wasn't just that he missed the, the potential game-tying kick. It was that he shanked it really badly. It was an ugly kick. Um, and How about Daryl Halligan trying to, you know... Create the tension and and build the scene. Come with the hour. Come with the man. But even ask, after he said that though, like he was like, when after the kick went off, he was just like, oh fuck this. You his head, <laughs> his headset just hit the ground. Oh fuck this shit. <laughs> um, and you know, speaking of fuck this shit, our listeners didn't really connect with this game at all. We got one tweet, so it's not even like I'm selecting the best one. I'm selecting the only one. At Beerboy182, I didn't realise that SBW was a real gangster. Now he's back in Auckland with his lines shaved and his eyebrow and hair. Hash, tough cunt. Did you see the guy with the sign on the sideline at the game? He owes me 40, hey, bucks, 40 for bucks for the boxing. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Uh, that was the best thing about the if whole I game. If I was Sonny Bill, I would have pulled 40 bucks out of my undies because that's where I'd keep my money if I was Sonny Bill um, and just giving him his 40 bucks and told him to fuck off. <laughs> and he would have been like, awesome. Because he's gangster. He'd be like, awesome, I, go, I got my 40 bucks. He never paid 40 bucks for the boxing. We're all even. <laughs> he was at the pub watching yeah. the boxing. Let's, let's be fair. He spent 40 bucks on piss. At least. Yeah, all right. Next, the Melbourne Storm, 32, defeated the North Queensland Cowboys, 10 on Saturday night. And um, up at 1300 Smiles Stadium. Uh, what a fucking horrible name oh, for a stadium. Just, just the worst. Uh, the Storm, their 32, came from a double to Cooper Cronk, a double to Will Chambers, Ryan Hoffman and Ryan Hinchcliffe also getting tries. Cameron Smith was 4 of 6. North Queensland Cowboys, their 10 points came through tries to Kane Linnett and Ashley Graham, and uh, Jonathan Thurston was one of two. On the back to the name of the stadium, 
It just goes to show that NRL clubs will sell their soul. Yeah. And any integrity. Yeah. Um, to the highest bidder. No one Surely really someone could have smiles. said, you know what? Name your company's one three hundred smiles. I think that's great. If you know you're a dentist or a denture clinic or whatever the fuck they are. Um, you want naming rights sponsorship of our stadium? Is you know it's some sort of joke. This is it's not, it's not gonna happen. naming rights works, man. Unfortunately, that's what the company you know they obviously throw the money in. They want the company's name out there, and so you know this is what you this is what you're left with. How many Cowboys fans? You know, and let's be honest, there's a, be a fair few of them needing dental work, mm. namely Jono. I think 1,300 smiles. I thought it'd be like, you know, 1,300 teeth collectively. I suspect that's probably, you know, conservative. Hmm. A conservative, conservative estimate. But uh, you wonder how many Cowboys fans would, you know, when they need that dental work, which they so desperately need because the water it doesn't have fluoride in it, um, and most of them are crack addicts, um... How many go, you know what? When I, you know, rob a couple of houses and sell the shoes that I steal from those houses. I'm going to buy me some teeth. I'm going to buy me some teeth. But you know what? Am I going to go to one three hundred smiles? <laughs> and they're subjecting me to that fucking stadium name. I don't think it's going to happen. Anyway, back to the game. Cooper Cronk, quite possibly the best player in the NRL. Discuss. He's going very well at the moment. Fucking unstoppable. I saw an article uh, attributing uh, his his early season form to a uh, a trip he did over the off season to like Arizona or somewhere with the Brisbane Lions. Really? Yeah, he tagged along on the trip over there that they did. Of course he did. So uh, he's yeah. a sellout, that bloke. I mean, I just I, I didn't read the article because honestly, I thought Cooper you were going to say he was off me. doing ayahuasca or something. Yeah, Cooper Cronk, he's not the ayahuasca guy. I mean, he's a fucking robot. Oh, he'd be... He'd be, he'd be totally lies. He's got big raps on Cooper Cronk. Has Cooper Cronk. Yeah, he does. I mean, look, just look at his website. It's full of wisdom. Yes. That's a guy that's never even heard of Ayahuasca, let alone... I ask you to discuss if Cooper Cronk is the best player in NRL. Yeah. Cooper Cronk often discusses the same with Cooper Cronk. He's probably got something on his blog about it. I'm sure he probably has. Yeah. He's a big fan of himself. Um, and rightfully so, because he's a fucking hell of a player. God damn, he had a good game. He's going well at the moment. Yeah. Even Jonathan Thurston, for all his competitive will, really had no answer for the storm led by Cronk. Um, and they just, wow. The Cowboys, I don't think the Cowboys were horrible. I, I think, think, I think the Cowboys... never really could get into, into the game. They were just smashed out of it from the start. But the Cowboys were more horrible than they give themselves credit for. I mean, the Cowboys, you know, they, they look at what happened in attack and the, and the Storm defended everything the Cowboys did, you know, most of what the Cowboys did, you know, very well. But some of those tries that the Storm scored were the worst one-on-one defense that you've ever seen in your life. Just the poor missed tackles. Kane Linnett was a, let, let a try in easily. There was nothing on there. I think it was Chambers' second try. There was absolutely nothing on there. Just passed it out. And Chambers just ran over the top yeah, of him. Ryan Hinchcliffe <laughs> running, running around Matt Bowen. Yeah, I mean, like their defense what the was... fuck? Their defense was absolutely atrocious at times. Um, Matt Bowen is a grow another knee no matter how well how well they did with the ball and you know they probably had some chances they could have converted Storm did very well to stop you know these chances being converted but you know the Cowboys don't kid yourselves man your defence was not it's not the best you can do it wasn't even close it was terrible especially at home yep. expect more from them yep anyway alright so um, we go to the Twitter Cruzy06 Kronk is Mr. ATM Cash Money Man he's favourite for the Dally M well according to Cruzy I mean it's Obviously, he's been given voting rights this he's, year or something. He's a learned source. 
at Hammers. Learned sauce that he has. Learned Bernays sauce. Learned Bernays sauce on his hog's breath. Mega, mega. Um, at Hammers. So that's H4MMERZ. Storm are just way too good, but they were the same last year and fell apart pre and post origin. And then won the comp. What the fuck got, are you talking about? Hash fuck off time. Hash rally towel. I thought it was important to mention that. Uh, at Mad Cow's Disease, which is Jono, who is the biggest Cowboys fan who listens to the show. The Storm are a level above the rest already. We should rename the ground to Zero Excuses Stadium. Simply not good enough. Hash fuck off, Tom. I don't know why Dono doesn't put his fucking ham hocks into his pocket, pull out some money, call it Ham Hock Stadium. <laughs> Bacon Arena. <laughs> um, Maybe he could do a um, joint venture with Trotters. With Trotters, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. At, a pair of fucking pig stadium. <laughs> at... at I believe it. You pronounce that Dugs. It's like D E W G E S. That'd be it. Uh, which has no relation to Adam's name. Um, it's scary to think how good Melbourne would be if they weren't carrying Jason Ross. It's <laughs> <laughs> a very, very good point. Yeah, and that's it from Twitter for that game. Uh, people weren't terribly interested in that one either. Next, Gold Coast Titans thirty-six defeated Canberra zero. Uh, early game two p.m. on Sunday at Skilled at Rabina. Now. Half, it's important to note the half-time score for this game was 30-0 in favour of the Titans. So just 6-0 in the second half. And their tries went to uh, a double to Albert Kelly, a double to Matty Schrammer. Greg Bird got one, get it to Gordon got one, and Caesar was 6 of 7 off the boot. And Canberra's real easy. A zero, nothing, nada, zilch. Josh Dugan didn't get a try. Well, yeah, Josh Dugan wasn't playing. He wasn't a member of the club anymore <laughs> at that point. I think the Jugan decision, as much as it was the right one, I think it's it's going to kill the Raiders' year. Um, only because you've got douchebags such as Shandor and F- Dorgerson, Dorgerson, Ferguson. Yeah. Well, they, with this game, they were without the Gerson part of yes, that equation. They were. Having and, said and Dor that, Dor by itself is atrocious. He's, oh, isn't it what? If he keeps apologising for his poor games. <laughs> Remember last year when he was like when they went on a bit of a run and he's like, Yeah, yeah we got the game plan it'll you know, no team can beat us. Yeah. Yeah, they fucking someone's, out for you, mate. someone's picked up a copy of your game plan. Yeah. Um I just think those sorts of guys are probably the type of personalities they're gonna get down in the dumps and drop their bottom lip and, and not put in. That's my that's my uh suspicion. Yeah. Because their mate has been punted. Um when does Ferner become accountable for what's going on down there? You'd think it happened. I mean, you know... It's, you couldn't imagine uh, this bullshit going on under Bellamy or Bennett. Yeah. I don't feel. Yeah, well, no, you wouldn't. I mean, there's obviously a culture problem. I mean, the coach doesn't probably doesn't have the respect of the players uh, or at least, you know, an element in the, in the playing group. Um, there seems to be a split, though, in the playing group as well. I mean, you know, there seem to be more senior guys like, you know, Shiloh Pillow and guys like that. And he came out and wrote an article about, you know, Dugan, about how, you know, playing group was their decision to you know to fuck him off and mm. you know that sort of thing so which they obviously outvoted Dorgerson Dushkerson yeah well or, you know given you know assuming that Dugan didn't get a vote you know, the, you know Dor- oh he probably Dor- would have voted for vote, himself yeah. <laughs> um, I just you know at the end of the day the coach is accountable for the performance of the squad um, and you know he has a strong influence over the culture there, and and needs to earn the respect of the players or demand it, um, as the case may be. And it doesn't look like that's happening there. That's uh, a couple of really poor performances 
to start the season for the Raiders and um, they need to turn things around quickly and, and they've just got rid of their best player, rightfully so. Um, but, you know, having said that, credit to the Titans um, against fairly woeful opposition. But their young halves um, had their way with them. They, I think it was a good confidence-building performance for them and, um, and you know, some of the older heads such as Bird um, and representative guys like Taylor and Idris. Um, Speaking of how, how ignorant... Shandor is. Yes. What about fucking Greg Bird's hair? Well, Lucy, you know that he did his for charity. Shandor, his was for douchebagism, not for charity. Oh, he, shaved, he shaved his douchebag hair off for charity, though, didn't he? Or was that like an afterthought? It was, it was already hair? short. He had yeah. a bit of the slim shady going on, and he got the, the anorexic shady. Yeah, Greg Bird, mate. It reminded me of like old school WWF. Like, what was he called? Like the natural Butch Reed. Yeah, that's who he looked like with his hair like that. Um, yeah, not good, not good at all. I mean, I, don't, I, you know, the Titans did what they had to do, and they did it very well. But you know, you watch those tries that were scored, and they were just horrendous arm tackles mm. and just lack of anything to do with you know wanting to be on that football field from the Canberra Raiders. And it wasn't just like you know, it wasn't just Earl. It was, it was, it was a lot of them. No, you can't just single him out. He wasn't the only one that was completely shit house in that game. They were, they were all pretty. I mean, and the second half, you know, they, obviously they lifted a little bit. I mean, they um, they they went down six nil in the second half, and they actually were twelve men for ten minutes, weren't they as well? So, um, yeah, that was obviously much improved effort. And when they had the much improved effort, the the Titans' defense held, but you know they can get a lot going on the attack. But you know you could say they took their foot off the pedal as well, I guess. Yeah. Um. Now, where are we? At NJBT. Said, uh, Dugan's obviously not the only one to not want to play for the Raiders. Hash bums. <laughs> and we've got Mike underscore existence, who was formerly uh, Solzy, big camera fan. Last week, Raiders players apologised for a terrible performance. This week, they'll need a virgin sacrifice to appease the fans. Yeah, I think the fans are running out of patience. It's because no, there's, there's no accountability for Werner. Yeah. He's not even listed as a guy that's potentially on the block. Exactly. At QLD Dragon. In an amazing turn of events, the Titans score more points than they have fans at the ground. <laughs> <laughs> it was a really ordinary crowd. Yeah, I think um, they, they called it over 12,000. Yeah. Again, on um, Monday Night Footy, on Triple M, uh, I was driving home from Jackson's soccer training and um, Dan Kinane <laughs> said, <laughs> they were recapping the, you know, what had gone on at, at the Titans and he said... Um, you know, twelve thousand. He said, "You know, over certainly uh, overstated by the Titans' management." And uh, he said it, it was ridiculous. It was quite obvious it wasn't twelve thousand people there, mm-hmm. and anyone who thought there was was kidding themselves. And they said, uh, "His his colleague said, you know, um, basically oh, I'm a bit harsh on the Titans." He said, oh, "I'm not being harsh on the Titans. I just think their management lies about crowd crowd figures." Yeah, <laughs> I was like. Well, for a respected media guy to, to be so blatant and, and open about it, it's just just we've said it before. no we've one's said buying it. Many it. Times, said many times, and you know, you know, they must count like the caterers, the cleaners, the security, the coppers that are on duty there at the time. I don't get it. At the end of the day, when you say twelve thousand, you've clearly got twelve people. Mm-hmm. No yeah. one's buying that. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Um, <laughs> Mad dog underscore no space. Said, uh, he sent this tweet to us and also our buddy Matt Lenevez. 
He said, hey, Dr. Sexy, how shit house are them Raiders? <laughs> hash rally tower required. Nice. Hash shit house. Hash need dank. How about um, Trotter's... You might have already I have don't, it I don't have Trotter's one down for this game. What did he say? <laughs> he said, good to see the Titans fans all participating in come dressed as a seat day. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I don't understand. I don't... Hands down the funniest thing that idiot's ever said. It was, it was a fantastic tweet. And I, and I apologize, Trotter's, for not having it on my list because I must have just missed it somehow. But I remember seeing that at the time of the game when I was watching it. I thought, yeah, that's probably the best thing you're ever going to do. <laughs> so I'm glad that Glenn managed to get the spotlight onto you for that yeah. moment. Um, next, speaking of horrible and uh, fans coming dressed as a seats, the West Tigers 28 defeated Penrith Panthers 18. It is a bit of a theme for the round is, is some pretty poor crowds. Yeah, this one, and this Campbelltown. This is when, me, you know, we're round two. Yeah, Campbelltown, remember when, you know, Campbelltown first became, you know, available again for, you know, the Tigers to split their yeah. games. It was like a real, you know, like they used to pack that shit out, you know, you couldn't get in there. Having said that, I think I saw a, a pretty valid point. I don't think it's valid at all, if it's what you, if you say what I think you're going to say. Go ahead. What do you think I'm going to say? Are you talking about like a protest from the west side of the merger? Well, just the, the Campbelltown people. Yeah, you know what? That excuse can go fuck itself. The okay. reason why I say that is because Manly can't fucking protest their home game being moved into the city. No, no, I'm just so saying... So, I'm not so, saying I agree with yeah. it. I'm just saying that, you know, people from Western Suburbs, Nathan, yeah. are quite volatile. Oh, well, yeah, that's true. Quite, you know, well within their rights. Not often drunk, I suppose. Quite often drunk. And some would say at breakfast time. And, but and early times, you know, gives a really nasty hangover. So if they're not drunk, they're, they're you know, they're just mean. Mean because they don't feel well. And their heads are spinning. And they can't find their keys to their stolen car. But they would also get very pissed off about the way that the West Magpies merger has been treated. I'm not saying I agree with it. I said actually said to Nicklin whilst watching the game that I was very disappointed. And it actually shits me because... I'm not there to go to every game every week and tell people what shit fans they are. Yeah, that's that's exactly the way I feel about mine as well. It just sucks that we're up here. We can you know fly down for maybe one or two. Yeah, because I really local. don't care what goes on. I would still go to every fucking Tigers game. Because otherwise, who who would you support? Well, yeah, Manly probably. All right. So and the crowd we're talking about are uh, nine thousand seven hundred and fifteen, which is just it's it's a dreadful crowd. Uh, Penrith Pan, oh, sorry, West Tigers. Their twenty eight points came from a double to Aaron Woods. Try to Benji. Try to Marika Korobika Takiri. Jacob Miller got one as well. Benji four of five. Gee, that must have been all in front. <laughs> uh, Penrith Panthers eighteen points came from a double to Sikamanu. David Simmons got one, and Luke Walsh was three from three off the boot. Scrappy win for the Tigers. Uh, one to build a, a touch of confidence, but. Um, you know, with the games they've got coming up, they're going to have to be a whole lot better than and get beating, you know, a team without their best and most creative player um, for 70 of the 80 minutes and, and beating them by 10 points. Uh, I think, as we mentioned earlier, losing Coote really probably cost the, ch- the Panthers any chance they had of winning the game, and, and they did well to get as close as they did in the end. Um, Sikamano looks to be a good buy so far. One of those tries is really good. The other one was just like the ultimate fucking yeah. right place, right time. Sort yeah, of exactly. But um, some strong carries and, and, you know, was solid in defence as well. Yep. And he's only going to get better for them, but I think he's going well so far. Um, for the Tigers, they, they lost Jacob Miller as well as Keith Galloway for, for large portions of the game. And um, it sort of threw their combinations around a bit and they're still persisting with Molson at fullback, which is, is probably doomed. Um, When's Hot Sauce coming in? 
Well, I, I hope so. I got him camped on the bench in my supercoach. So have I. Wait for him to appreciate in value, but he's not going to appreciate if he doesn't get on the field. That's exactly right. I think Potter's biding his time with him, but I think he will use him um, hopefully sooner rather than later. They need a little bit more spark around the ruck, and I think his pace um, he is a bit quicker um, and has more explosive speed than Molson, and he's probably better under the high ball as well. Quite frankly, so are most amputees. Um, Benji and Robbie, I think... Quadruple control- amputees, that is. <laughs> <laughs> Named Bob. Um, Benji and Robbie controlled the last 20 minutes of the game well, um, which is a good sign, but I think there's still lots to work on, and um, you know they're coming up against a, a, a Parramatta side this week that's building in, in confidence all the time. So They're rubbish. You gotta be, you're, you're probably, right. you know, they, they've continued their good recent record against the Panthers. Uh, I think they've sort of won the last five or... or vast majority of their last half a dozen games, whereas before that, geez, we, we had a really tough time against Penrith, Penrith over a number of years. So um, they'll take the two points, but um, a long way from their best footy. Yeah, and the difference and the difference in the game, I mean, or, you know, not not the full difference of points, but like the, the, really, if you split it down, the difference was just that ridiculous try they scored when Robbie took the quick tap and, and yeah. put Benji in when, when the Panthers players were just sort of standing around picking their asses. So, like... It's a bit. That was one Stephen of the most com- one, one of the most you know comical, easy quick tap tries you ever seen in your life, and it, even to the point that there was a number of Penrith players who didn't even realise the try had been scored after it had been scored. Yeah. It wasn't like they're just going, "Oh shit!" and it's too late to react, and you know they've scored. I like, still didn't even realise it happened. So yeah, that's a bit stupid. Now the um, tweets, Devonhead, even the crowds at Campbelltown are in decline. Hash Tigers in decline. Yes. Hash Rally Tail. Uh, Aussie one 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 nine eight. Campbelltown Centrelink gets a better turnout on a Sunday afternoon than the Tigers do. Hash shit fans, hash Tigers in decline, hash rally towel. And uh, Mickey T, 1985, not unexpected that loss. Tigers always needed to respond better after last week. Clearly better team today. Not that's by a, a long way. That's and a bit That's a bit freaking defeated, defeatist, really, I think, that, that tweet, to be honest. You can't go into a game saying that, you know, you, you expected to lose. And then, you know, when you, you know, arguably, you know, one of your best players... He was He's gone for the 10-minute mark. He was playing against the West Tigers, Nathan. No wonder he expected to lose. Yeah, I suppose. And uh, at Linear said, if the Tigers can be in decline and the Tigers can be on the incline, can they ever just be Klein? Tigers just climbed. Idiot. Yeah. I mean, they're always still in decline because I mean, they're worse than 10th. So... <laughs> It's until they get, they got to go up from tenth this year if they want to if they want to lose the decline tag and there's a lot, long way down. Next Sunday evening, a very civilized time slot for football, a very civilized place. Man, mighty <laughs> Manly Warringah Sea Eagles returned to Fortress Brookie and fuck me, was it a fortress? They defeated the Newcastle Knights zero. Manly, their points came through. Tries to the greatest Mexican that ever lived, Jorge Tofua, got a hat trick. Jamie Lyon got one, Watmo got one, and Brett Stewart, of course, he got one at Brookvale. Jamie Lyon, four of six from the boot. Newcastle Knights, nothing. All Manly's go-to guys were on song. Watmo, uh, both their halves, Brett Stewart, uh, Jamie Lyon. They were, they were all uh, Matt firing. Matt before he went off. What a surprise he went off injured. Um, he very rarely goes off injured. Usually you start underground, then you'll get up again. Yeah. This, so this was actually a career... Yeah, I think he actually broke his neck in six places. I reckon they should just bring the screen out with a fucking double barrel and put an end to his misery. Um, the Knights still lack the consistency that you'd expect from a Wayne Bennett's coach side. Uh, they had a full season to 
get their act together and, and a strong preseason for this year. But um, they still, you know, after last week's performance over the Tigers, where they were pretty much untouchable at home, they come down to to Brookvale and put a performance like that in. You know, is is a worrying sign. They need to to be able to provide a better base level of effort to you know to be in that top echelon of size like we we well I certainly expect them to be. Um, Manly look dominant already. Um, I don't think they're going to be overly affected by Origin. Maybe Brett Stewart will get a run at fullback. Watmo might get in there. Watmo maybe. Um, Bureau got a run last year, but I don't know I don't if he'll... Think, I don't think he'll go back this year. Um, so that's a good sign for them. And, um, you know, you spoke about their conditioning. Uh, I heard someone say it was a, with um, Jorge to fill his hat-trick, it was a Georgie Orgy. I think yeah. it's a Jorge, Jorge Foray. Well, he's only got three, though, so... But, yeah, I mean, considering his name actually is George. The, um, yeah, Georgie Orgy. Wow. That was on at on a blood buzz, I think, who uh, who first coined that that phrase. Um, some of his try, he was magnificent. That the I think it was his last try he scored, just where he was well and truly tackled, and some of it now found a way to get there and just get the ball over the line. Uh, legendary stuff. What most try was hilarious, in the way that he uh, he broke through, uh, springboarded off Costigan's face. Uh, made the break, and then I think it was I think it was Uate and uh, and Fluffy down there, the two two last guys, and he was running just straight between them, and he had support on either side, and they were kind of looking and waiting, and in the end he just ran straight through and scored, yeah, and, and scored. that was like made him look like absolute morons. Um, so that was great too, and Brett Stewart just the effort for his try when the game was well and truly over with, um, the effort. When he was to get around and ground the ball in that position was like, very it was, impressive. I mean, admittedly, it was you know I think it was Jeremy Smith that was the guy that was in the end goal, but um, I mean I he had Mullen. he had a ten meter head start on him, and he still managed to find a way even when the ball was just about to hit the ground. He still seemed like his body full body was behind him, and he found a way to manage just to get his shoulders in front, get an arm there, and get the ball down. So I mean that kind of effort, um, I'm loving it at this stage of the season because I've said you know in the pre-season preview, I think we usually we're a slow starting team for the yeah. seasons but this season fuck it mate on fire well then you see on Facebook you see uh, like Donnie Singe who's, who does the um, the conditioning and everything for Manly he puts stuff on Facebook all the time about training and what they're doing and you know his take on things after games and apparently this was you know one of the toughest off seasons that they've ever had like the, the work that they did and fuck me it's paying off of dividends immediately I'm loving it loving it and uh, quite honest I mean and you know like without any hint of bias at all. I mean, they've got one hand on the trophy at this point. <laughs> it's theirs to lose at this point. Now we've got a tweet here from Ricky R underscore Gleese G L E I S. This is Berkeley Eagles' son, perhaps. Maybe. Funny moment. Illegitimate, no doubt. Funny moment. Gower was warming up, and a person yells out, "Hey, Gower, don't drop the ball. You cost me super coach points." He turned around and smiled, <laughs> and proceeded to fucking drop the ball again. <laughs> I mean, Gower. I hope he's enjoying his time in first grade, and yeah, telling people he's a first grade player because the second Jason King comes back, I'd say uh, Gornski. He's absolutely Gornski, and um, and you know what? I mean, you know, even if you know George Rose pulls his finger out, you know, even he'd get the slot. But obviously, you can see the way that Manly are going there, you know, with the, the purchase of Brenton Lawrence that, I mean, they want these mobile, you know, fitter forwards. Um, the other thing is, like, Richie Faioso, fucking what a, what a valuable acquisition he was. I mean... I didn't think there was ever any doubt that he was going to be good. 
Oh, um, no matter where I, he went, he's... I just love the way that he plays because he doesn't play like this. He's not a, one of these props with footwork or pretensions to be like a five-eighth or anything. He gets the ball at full clip and just careers headlong into the teeth of the defence and just smashes his way through and puts the, you know puts them on the back foot every time. He's just a machine, like a prop should. Yeah, well, he he like he he runs the ball with the same lack of self-preservation that like the the Wolfman does, except you know. <laughs> He's a gigantic Polynesian. Yeah. So when you put that on the end of it as well, it's even more devastating. Um, Matt McLeod, at Matt McLeod. Uh, I wish the Manly Seagulls would buy Jamie Lyon a shirt that fits. It looks like a Geordie lass on a night out. Hash midriff. <laughs> uh, Aussie 11198. Bennett is finding out that it's impossible to turn chicken shit into chicken salad, and we all know Tinkler hates salad. Hash <laughs> fat shit. <laughs> Sensational tweet, that. Uh, Big Dan, 1985. I'm surprised Manly didn't rack up a half century against us. This is like being kicked in the nuts. Terrible game. <laughs> Cambo, 96. Wayne Bennett is Jeff Toovey's bitch. He has a winning percentage of 33% against the little super coach. And yeah, he can't argue with the statistics. Uh, at Linear said, that had everything. A shutout, a snake try, a Jorge hat trick, backpedaling experts in quotes, Gidley almost in tears. Hash 1997. What more could you want? Exactly. What more could you want? Um, Next, Monday night foot The South Sydney Rabbitohs 14 defeated the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks 12. Uh, This game, I think, is you know is up there with the uh, Broncos Dragons game. Pretty ordinary spectacle. Worst of the round. Um, The Rabbitohs. Their points came through tries to Andrew Everingham, Dylan. Farrell tries, Adam Reynolds, three of three. Sharkies, their 12 points came from tries to Michael Gordon, Bo Ryan, and uh, Michael Gordon got two of two off the boot. This was actually the type of game that I thought the Sharks might have ground out. They were playing against a, an opposition that was below their best, um, and the Sharks probably play that that style that you know isn't dependent on a bunch of players being in good form. They, they play a real robotic, uh, grounded out sort of style through the forwards, um, good strong kicking game, and I thought that might have lent itself to uh, to the Sharkies being able to pull a win out of the fire, but it wasn't to be. I think Inglis and Reynolds looked like they were going to do it all themselves early, but the Sharks had enough in them to to frustrate the Bunnies into errors and poor decisions, and and that's another reason why I really thought the Sharks were were going to hang on and and scrape out a win somehow, but. Um, on the back of Reynolds' kicking game, really, that they got the the Rabbitohs got the the field position and and eventually held onto the ball to get enough possession to get the job done. Um, not a game is going to feature featuring too many highlight reels, but it's a type of game that at the end of the season could prove pretty vital for for both teams for various reasons. And and uh, you know, obviously, South we've spoken about them being towards the top of the ladder and Canola. You know, I thought they were going to, you know, run sort of third, I think I picked them for. Yep. Um, but, you know, once you start getting into sort of fourth, fifth, sixth spot, then it's games like these which, which put you into fourth yep. rather than tenth. <laughs> so, you know, they could they could live to rue this performance where they were a little bit down and, and have every right to, to be up for. They defended resolutely, but the problem with the Cronulla Sharks is this. They bought exceptionally well in the off season, and you know they've got their guys like you know Gallon, obviously legend, um, you know Graham, uh, Luke Lewis, 
Hino. Yeah. I mean, their back row, and you know, is fucking, you know, the the envy of almost every club in the competition, you know, with probably the possible exception of Manly. But, um, <laughs> well, you know, what, Mo, Billings, Stewart and stuff, I mean, I'm not fucking, I'm not fucking bad here. I mean, that's that's not being biased, that's, that's the truth. Yeah, right. Problem with the Sharks is they forgot to buy fucking centres. That's the point I'm trying to make. I mean, yeah, they don't have Pomeroy anymore, but right, and Leotelli or whatever. Yeah. They're not fucking that's there, not mate. Win, that's not winning your call. They're not creating shit. I mean, when you line it up against guys, you know, look at look at some other teams, you know, out there. You know, you know, you got a Justin Hodges in your side, or you got like Matai, Jamie Lyon. I mean, there's fucking great centers out there, and they don't even have one. Especially when you look at someone like Junior Sow that was on the market. Mm-hmm. Not the most creative guy as far as passing the ball, but can hit a hole. Can pass the winger. That's right, and when you've got halves like. Was certainly Carney. Mm-hmm. Imagine, you know, Junior Sow running onto Todd Carney's passes. Yep. Uh, Bo Ryan wasn't terrific in this game either. He took a bit of his uh, Tigers form over. The <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sharkies, disappointing for them, I guess. Um, now, Devonhead said, uh, any more shit crowds like this and South will have to dig up their dead members to fill a few more seats. <laughs> Uh, Hanley1993 welfare checks clearly all spent on bourbon this week or all the South fans are dressed up as empty seats Ash shithouse and Supergrover4 the Sharks are fish out of water tonight a bit flat if only there was some kind of thing they could take to pick them up and GT351 underscore Johns bad luck to the horsey Sharks must have drawn a bad barrier to lose to Souths or was it a wet track better luck next race (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's probably the most humorous tweet he's ever done I'm going to be honest and so uh, yeah that's how it was at round two and seriously if you haven't looked at that uh, Harlem Shake poop <laughs> don't do it don't, don't, please don't do it don't do it at work I'm not responsible for you losing your job that's on you preview First game, another Thursday night game, of course, which probably means in Queensland you should have a luck if you want to watch it live. Melbourne Storm take on the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs down at Amy Park in Melbourne. Storm full strength. Pretty much. Bulldogs muffin man at fullback. No sign of Mbaba just yet. Still probably a week away, they reckon. Uh, Mitch Brown on the wing, former Tiger. I just I can't see a win for the Bulldogs. As uh, as gallant as they've been in the first two rounds, I, I think the Storm will be too good based on the way they played against the Cowboys who, who previously had changed in really good form. Yeah. Uh, I think the Storm will just be too good at home. Cowboys are, are a far better side than this current version of the Bulldogs. And uh, as a result, the Storm are going to absolutely destroy them. Uh, there might be a try in the Bulldogs, you know, to Tony Williams because he does, you know, at least back in the Manly days, he used to love trampling Billy Slater. But... um. You know, he seems to be even lazier this year, so I just can't see it. And I, you know, if there was such a thing as a boost or something you could put on a pick, I mean, I'm pretty sure that, you know, I'll put the storm in the multi because I'm positive they're going to win. Famous last words, I guess, but yeah, <laughs> there you go. Next, Friday Night Football. And what a treat. The Broncos aren't playing. West Tigers. West Tigers are. Parramatta Eels. So they've, geez, they've, all right, they've dipped right into the bottom of the barrel for this one. Well, Stuck look- on Friday night, Channel 9. You know, get your shit together. What are you Generally, doing? the the Tigers and the Eels games do attract a fairly decent crowd, but I would have probably said the same thing about last week, given that it was played at Campbelltown um, against a, a Western Sydney rival. Yeah. Um, and and crowds couldn't make the 
the trek from Penrith to Campbelltown. Give me a break. Um, Tigers will be playing in their James Bond jerseys. Skyfall. Skyfall. Um, or James Bond in decline jerseys. Some would say. James Bond uh, out on DVD and Blu-ray. I think that's what the celebration of yeah, and, uh, Skyfall and jerseys is. As someone who pretty much has every West Tigers jersey as they come out, you know, as evidenced by the fact you're wearing the Lance Armstrong racing which, yellow which jersey. Which is universally hated, except I was the only one that liked it. Yeah, I don't mind it. I don't like the shoulder parts with the tiger stripes and the grey, yeah. but like the actual yellow part, I don't mind that at all. Um, oh, if they are for sale, I'll probably I'll, I'll look at it. They're going to be for sale, aren't they, surely? I saw someone question on Twitter, but I didn't see the reply from the okay. club, so um, I'll definitely look at it. Straight black with a James Bond... With the you know Skyfall thing. lining up with the gun with Skyfall, yeah. and uh, that's fucking it. Yeah. Oh, and it's got like the 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 NRL logo and the Tigers logo with like posts on either side. Yeah. Um, pretty plain looking jersey. It is. It is. Um, I think they probably could have done a little bit more with it. To be honest, uh, is Jacob Miller going to play in Double O Seven? I saw him sporting a jersey with Double O Seven on the back of it. I don't know if that's just pr- yeah. promotional. I wonder if they How do. How cool that. would that be? Um. Oh, look, I think the Tigers will win. It's at Leichhardt. Um, they generally grow a leg there, and um, I, I think this will be a, a good indication of where they're at. I think the Eels have played reasonably well to open the season, but uh, it's a time the Tigers uh, you know, stood tall and showed people the, the type of premiership favourites that I believe they should be and, um, and you know, blow the Eels out of the water. Definitely capable. Got plenty of points in this side. The Tigers should be a better side. At the moment, I mean, I don't rate the yields at all. I think they're a bit lucky in the first round. I think it spoke more to how poor the Warriors are. But, I think the Tigers will carve up. But that's, you know my, that's my theory. But you know what? I think that, you know, guys like uh, Chris Sandow, he could have a field day against this Tiger side. I just don't understand why Adam Blair's at lock and then you've got Braith and Astor and Liam Fulton in the back row. It's because they... When you think Adam Blair is probably more a traditional back rower, plays a lot on the fringe, and uh, Liam Fulton is probably the size of most fucking... You know, steroid riddled midgets. Look, I think they just did their dying and asked them they're just trying to hide him in the pack. Make people forget they bought him. I don't think Brace's been anywhere near as bad as what you're making him out to be. Oh, well, you're an apologist for your side, so that's what you're going to say, that, aren't you? You were shitting on him all the time after they bought him? Yeah, he was up there with my top five players that I couldn't stand. Yeah. Uh, Brace and Astor. Oh, but he straps on and, the Tigers' you know, jersey. There was a time where Brett Kamali felt, you know, he was probably top of the tree, and when the Tigers looked at him, I thought, you know, if he pulls the Tigers' jersey on, I probably won't hate him. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Tigers Tigers with a big score in that one. Yeah, not going to happen. Um, I, I'm thinking, I, honestly, I haven't made up my mind on where my tip's going to go for this game. Um, at the moment, I'm thinking West Tigers, but, I mean, I could just be, you know, baffled by your bullshit. Um, Most people I, are. I have to look at it a bit closer, but uh, don't be surprised what tip Paramount. Don't be surprised if they win, you know, handsomely. Okay, Saturday, it's at four thirty Queensland time. Because I'm going Gold Coast Titans versus the mighty Manly Warringah Sea Eagles down there at Skill at Rabina. Jeez, the Manly fans are going to be noisy because they'll outnumber the Titans fans three to one. Just like always, there'll be more Manly fans and Titans fans at this game, no doubt about it. Maybe Titans might pull a few more out of the woodwork because they had a win last week. Given last week's pretty comprehensive performance. Yeah. Um, I hope they do. I hope the community does get out and support them. Um, You know, they've got some big names in that side and, and, you know, if they put a bit of run on, they could have some really good results and and might even squeak a finals berth. But... um, it must be hard playing in front of a fucking cavernous stadium. Yeah. 
And it ain't gonna happen this, ain't, ain't gonna happen this week. That's for sure. No, I, I can't see anything but a manly a pretty comprehensive manly victory in this one. Manly haven't conceded a single point in three halves of football. And uh you know, I think it's very it's you know, they could probably go another two halves in this game without conceding a point. Um it'd be a good test for the Titans to see where they are, but I mean they got these young, you know, like excitable uh halves. But now they're going to, you know, welcome to the jungle, motherfuckers. Now you're playing a team that wants to be there. <laughs> and uh, first game ever for my four-year-old. So we'll be going down there, catching the train. and uh, Enjoy yourselves. Yeah, it's going to be a great afternoon. And uh, then we're going to go to the function afterwards. And he is going to uh, meet his hero, Steve Matai, hopefully. So that'll be a moment to treasure. <laughs> if I can get a picture with him and Matai. <laughs> And he's got his brand new Kaspersky jersey as well. Oh, God. Down. So it's all fucking good in the hood. Can't wait. Um, and yeah, Manly, 1 through 17. No change from last week's lineup. So Gow is still there. For, you know, We can carry him. We've been carrying Jason King for years. All right. <laughs> Manly, 13 plus. If the TAB had let me put a bigger line on it, I would. 19 plus even. All right. Sydney Roosters taking on the Brisbane Broncos at Allianz Stadium. This one's Saturday night, 7.30pm. And this is another one that's really hard to tip for me. As I said earlier, it's a type of game that Broncos were pulling out of the fire last year. Um, I guess it depends how much confidence the Roosters took out of their win over in New Zealand, um, whether the travel has any effect on them. I have to say, I'm probably, I'm probably leaning towards the Roosters, but... The Broncos, you know, I expected the Dragons to um, actually tip the Dragons to beat the Broncos last week, and it didn't happen, so I'm loath to tip against them this week, but I just think the Roosters might just be a little bit too good for them. I think the Roosters will get there. This is one where the jury's still a little bit out. Um, interesting to note that the, the Broncos, in jersey number 19 on the extended bench, have someone by the name of Nick Sliney. Now, I don't know Nick Sliney at all. I've never heard of the guy, really, I don't think, but... um. It's, it sounds like a sex offender, that name. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, That's a little harsh. I'm not saying he is. Roosters with sexy eyes on the bench. I'm just saying Can't lose with sexy eyes. Yeah, sexy eyes, not to mention your freaking number one nut-hugging boyfriend in the 12. Well, Sonny, Bill, did, not, did you forget he's back in the NRL? What about no fixed nickname? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, well, yeah, number 16, Mitch Orbison, of no fixed, yeah, fixed nickname yet. Yeah, Roosters too strong through the forwards, I think, led by Sunny Bill. They got Bro. a better back line as well. You Bro. know, I mean, there's some excellent players in the Broncos back line. You know, namely Justin Hodges. I think Jack Reed's a bit of a liability though. Hoffman's awesome. Hoffman is awesome as well. But you know, Jennings, two dads, Maloney, Pierce. They got better halves. I just look at every. You know, I'm just looking down the line, and in the key positions, they just seem to have better combinations. All right, moving on. Cronulla Sutherland Sharks taking on the New Zealand Warriors at Sharks Stadium. This one is uh, Sunday early afternoon. Both last start losers. Um, given the factor at home and, and the way they played in round one at home, I think the Sharks might uh, get over the Warriors. Was a little bit disappointed in the Warriors, as I said last week, and um, playing away from home where they're never with that flash anyway, I think the Sharks will get them. I think the Sharks can defend anything that the uh, Warriors throw at them. Uh, the Warriors, on the other hand, I don't think they really have that attitude in defence. They let in 16 points very easily uh, against the Roosters. And although I think that the Sharks do have their problem generating attack, 
I think that they'll be able to get enough done. And once again, um, just notice that Elijah Taylor is in the nine again with the Warriors. They're persisting with him playing him there. When they have uh, Peter Godinay on the uh, on the bench, who and seems to go okay. Who, who actually added a real spark to their attack when he came on last week. So exactly, exactly. Elijah Taylor's a centre-slash-back rower at best. Yeah, so Not in, in standard Matty Elliott style, I mean, he's persisting with a, a line-up that's uh, He'll be playing pumped. halfback next week. Yep. Okay, Penrith Panthers taking on the South Sydney Rabbitohs at Centibet Stadium at Penrith. This one is the Channel 9 delayed game, and no doubt it is going to be absolutely packed from neck to nuts with Tom Waterhouse bullshit. So, <laughs> Rabbitohs by how many? Yeah, I think the Rabbitohs probably a blip on the radar against the Sharks on Monday night last week. Uh, I think they'll bounce back uh, to somewhere near the around one form. Um, Sam Burgess is back, obviously. And, yeah, no Lachlan Coote, as we said earlier, for the Panthers. So, there you goes. Probably their most, most creative um, and inspirational little player. Just I just can't see the Panthers getting it done. Yeah, I can't see them getting it done either. No way, no how. Rabbitohs by plenty, I think. And this might be the beginning of seeing Penrith uh, perform the way that, you know, maybe we expected them to earlier but you know what the rabbits i mean it's a big it's a big test for them in terms of they need to get that you know round one rabbits back yeah yeah because they were, they were terrible last week you know barely scraped it out and um you know it's, it seems like they might not they might not have that consistency that they think they you know that they think they have and they might not be as high up the premiership you know pole as uh as they might have thought they were yeah i think reynolds will outdo walsh um, in the kicking game and also his general play and I, I, that'll probably spell victory for the Rabbitohs. Yep. Okay. The Sunday evening game is Canberra Raiders taking on the St. George Illawarra Dragons. This one is down at Canberra. Very happy hunting ground for, for the Raiders. Uh, it is a very cursed ground for the St. George side. Uh, even when they're good, they tend to lose there. So how are they going to go when they're terrible? I'll tell you what. If they can't get over the Raiders the way the Raiders have started the season, then the Dragons are going to have to have a long, hard look at themselves. Um, I can't go against the curse. I, can't I really believe curse. in it. I look at the the Raiders' side, and you know, you take attitude out of it. I mean, their side is, you know, on paper, it's not bad. Still no Ferguson. No, and he's um, indefinitely suspended too. And I think it's probably it would probably send a bad message if he only had one week off. Yeah, I think he needs to be punished a little Especially bit. Especially if the guy that was doing exactly the same thing got punted. Um, yeah, I just think they'll be a little bit too strong through the uh, through the forwards for the Dragons, and that'll lay a platform for you know McCrone and, and Williams to sling the outside back some early ball and, and put some points on. I think uh, I just can't go against that curse. I tried, I tried to do it over the last couple of years, thinking that it was all a bit of hype, but. Um, I'm starting to think the Dragons don't think they can win down there. And uh, Glenn Buttress returns in the nine for the Raiders. So, and finally, Monday night foot bitch. We have the Newcastle Knights taking on the North Queensland Cowboys at Hunter Stadium. And uh, the Knights, after getting absolutely blanked last week, a Cowboys yeah, side that felt, you know, like they were pushed around a bit and probably have a bit of resentment towards the world. Yeah, but you'd think the the Knights are going to maybe play a bit like they did in round one, given they're back at home and Cowboys away from home. Uh, Knights might might just be a little bit strong through the forwards, 
as good as uh, Tamao and Scott are. Although, no Willie Mason for the Knights. He had injured. What happened to him? I don't recall anything happening to him exactly during the game. not sure exactly what, but yeah, he's out injured. I'm going to have to go to the Cowboys. Yeah, I'm going to go to the Cowboys always. So, I mean, you're, you've got a, a major flaw in your theory about the Knights. And your theory about the Knights is that they played well in round one. There's no, the opposition was shithouse. They were playing a, a terrible team, you know, probably a bottom four contender. And as a result, they had a stroll in the park. It's false. It's a, it's, it's false form. Right. Thanks for the tip. Cowboys um, by how many? Righto. <laughs> Can't argue with it. And that is full time for episode 112. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter. So follow at TWI League. We're on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash this week in league. So make sure you hit that like button, share that shit. All that good stuff helps spread the word. iTunes, we got a new review this week from Shane Aaron Elvis, who we see on Twitter quite a lot as well. All killer, no filler, five stars. Love the podcast. Hosts Nate and Glenn are the blokes you want to meet in a pub and talk about the weekend over a few bourbons. And as it seems, they wouldn't shut up long enough to let you talk. Hearing the podcast is exactly like being in the room with them. It started out so well. It did. It really did. We should just cut that in bit off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um, of course, you know, get on iTunes, find the show this week in league you know we're always in the the uh what's hot section so you'll find us there and uh yeah throw us a review if you've got the time because it helps us out a lot as far as ranking on itunes and stuff like that tipping we have uh the same number one this week in skinny which is sky and uh let's just go through were we doing top fives or top tens last year Top oh, fives, I think, wasn't So, in second place... Well, that's on 15 points, Skinny. Then, in second place, also on 15 points, Michael Darren, 79. Um, also in third on uh, on 15 points, The Real Jedi. Also on 15 points in fourth, so I guess it's really tied for first, me. That's what? right, mother bitches. I am fucking on fire. How did that happen? One tip wrong this year so far. Sensational. Um, then we go on, we've got uh, Williams277, Ben Barber's Free Spins, <laughs> Shell Geddes, Andrew Spurniotis, Lanier, and Desi's Ducks rounding out the top 10. Glenn, you, my friend, are in 72nd position. Oh, of course I am. Atrocious. Okay, Fantasy. Now, we've just got the group at the moment we're talking about. Head-to-head hasn't quite started yet. So we'll look at these uh, these guys in uh, the top 10. Dane Laurie for PM is number one. <laughs> Mighty Bulldogs, number two. Uh, Chickstar, number three. Toto's Terrors, number four. Reaper Crew, number five. The Jiggy Mavens, number six. Obviously the best, number seven. Do the Hail and Shake, number eight. Greendale Goblins in number nine. Honor Blood Buzz, number 10. Tied on the exact amount of total points with Drop Bears, who is 11th. So he's undefeated again. Oh, I don't know where you are on the, on the group comp. I was about... 20-something, 25, 30, around about then. So, yeah, I mean, we've got a fair few in there as well. Uh, Shop, we still have some stock of the Revelation shirt, hats, and stubby coolers, so hit up thisweekinleague.com. A few orders come through this week. That's right, a few orders this week. Um, As we said last week, shit's going into clearance mode. We've got limited stock of the Revelation shirt left, and it all has to go, so it's half price, 20 bucks for the shirt. We want to get new stock of everything, so if you spend over $50, we also throw in a stubby cooler for free. 
And um, yeah, because we want to release, you know, rally towels and you know, tigers in decline shirts and exactly. you know, all that good shit. Fuck off Tom shirts. Get amongst it. <laughs> I did text you last week and said we should do a fuck off Tom shirt and you were like, nah. Nah. I guarantee people want it though. Um, and uh, yeah, just want a quick shout out to Hammers at H4MMERZ who did a tweet today, just ordered some this week in league year, repping over Easter, hash revelation, hash no rally towel. And uh, that order did come through, so thank you very much, sir. Now, finally, we've had someone approach us who wants to uh, throw some product at us. It is um, a friend of the show, listener of the show, uh, and the company is Southie's Snack Snapbacks, as in the hats, and you can find them on Facebook. And now he wants to throw us, uh, you know, some hats to give away. Mm-hmm. So we need to think of a uh, a monthly competition whereby the winner would get a uh, free hat of their choice. They just basically, once they're informed they've won, they can let us know, uh, you know, what what sort of hat they would like, what team hat or whatever, and uh, we can hook it up for them. So My idea was that uh, people buy This Week in League merch and then uh, post a picture at a game or with a player or, yep. um, you know, other B-grade celebrity. Yeah, well, we saw. Uh, I saw on Facebook. I don't think he was put up on Twitter, but uh, Trotters himself, he uh, had a picture in wearing his Revelation shirt uh, with the big man. He's not eligible eligible to enter. We only want humans entering. He is very eligible to enter, as is anyone else. So uh, you know, if you got a if you got a hat or a shirt, and there's a lot of them out there. So uh, if you got your Twill merch, get out there, get a photo. You know, a game with a with a player with a celebrity or whatever and you know what we'll do is we'll you know narrow them down or whatever for the end of the month and you know the best one each month gets a hat courtesy of Southie's snapbacks can't do better than that exactly so yep think about that and uh, you know there's probably people who've you know done done things in the past as well that we just haven't seen you know wearing the, wearing the shirts or you know wearing the hat or whatever they just hit, it, hit us up motherfuckers exactly exactly so um yeah that's how it is get your merch Get your photos done. Get a hat. It's that simple. It's that simple. And that's all we've got time for. So we'll chat next week. Have fun. Go the Tigers. Go Manly. When your skin feels nourished and glows, you radiate confidence. Osea makes giving your skin a glow up easy with their clean, clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This seaweed-powered duo features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW.